and started thinking about it. I was like, well, wait, where's this? And wait, why aren't we doing this? And wait, where's this? And how come this doesn't happen? And I just started like compiling a list of where is all this stuff? And it's just, honestly, it's weighing me down. I feel it on my shoulder. I've been feeling it on my shoulders for about a week. And I, I, I just, I, I don't know how to get it out. Yeah, I, I think you're in a tough spot right now, and it's, a, I think it's a spot that most people find themselves in at their job from time to time. Um, right. But uh, when, when you feel like you know how things should be going, and I, I will agree with a lot of what you say, and that's kind of one of the frustrating parts about, like, not the arguments that you and I have, but like the conversation, uh, the conversation, or at least the heated debate that we'll have, or is just me like, just yelling and you just sitting there going, and, "I wish I didn't have to hear this right now." And it's just, it's just, it's, it's like, dude, I agree with you. You're singing, to, you're preaching to the choir. I just don't know where the win is for you. I wish I could say to you, like, damn, this is what you need to do. There's this no is win. how we can fix this. This is how, like, no, the game is set up so I can never win. And right, and, and, and when you're in that position, I mean, and the least that you that you're looking for here, the least that that could happen is somebody to say, like, okay, I hear you. Like, maybe we're not going to do that, or maybe we're not going to, but at least some sort of validation, some sort of like, okay, dude, yes, I, 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 I know what you're saying. I guess what I want to know but is, nobody is like, says that. how well do I have to do, and for how long before somebody goes, yeah, we should take a listen to what he has to say, and what he's got concerns, maybe he's right. right. He, we hired him three years ago, came here, dude, he's done nothing but win. What you think is important, that's all you want to hear, that's that you just want that, that that's sense That's all of, I want. And, and, and nobody's giving it to you. None. And I, I, not at all, won't I even can't. get close. I can't like for as much as I can say like, yeah, dude, Stansberry, you're right. I don't get to make any decisions. So it's just like, no, this is one of those moments. And I remember saying this all the time to a guy I used to work with in this business, that being right is hardly ever enough. Like I'm right about everything that I'm upset about right now. I'm right about it all, but it doesn't matter. None of this stuff matters. You're probably, as you're driving to work, mm-hmm. you're probably right about everything about where you work too, but nobody cares. Nobody's going to listen to you. I've been telling them for so long, we need to do it this, then this, and then and there's, dude, I mean, it's just, it, it's a common tale for the American worker. Is it that is. like, yeah. you're, well, I don't want to. Shut up, do it. <laughs> your boss is Shut up, idiot. do it. The, the, the whole system is messed up, and right. I mean, you just kind of have to go to work every day. So that's where I'm at. Right. You know what I mean? And, and so I'm just a little frustrated. And I'm not angry. Right. It's not you know. It's not, it's not me versus them. I hate everybody. It's not. It's not that. It's just a little bit of like exhaustion. Really, is what it is. It's like guys, come on. Um, I think you and I, uh, we've been running on empty for a little bit, and we're just almost to the gas station, dude. We are so close to it. We like like vacation was within sight. It's it's it's. I almost called off today. Thirty five breaks from right now, dude. This is if this is number oh, thirty six. Saying stuff to me like that. Thirty five breaks until vacation. Keep saying stuff like that. And just trying to get there at this point, you know it's going to be pushing that thing uphill. You yeah. know it's going to be like, oh my god. I, I, I totally agree. How are you? Uh, pretty good, man. Pretty good. Had a um, an afternoon yesterday. My my brother and his wife, they're on their 10-year anniversary like, oh, nice. little trip, so my or my parents are watching their kids. You know, all three of their kids. So my mom's like, you get out of work at 11 o'clock in the afternoon. You have nothing going on with your day. You get your ass up here and you help me watch these kids. Oh um, my god. So my, me and my girlfriend had the day off yesterday and we went uh, and took my nephews uh, to play putt putt up at Fun and Stuff in a beautiful Macedonian. That's Ohio, still right open. There. Oh yeah, dude, bigger and better than ever, dude. It's got an inside roller 
rink. It's got laser tag. It's got pup, two different, three different pup, pup courses, batting cages. We did the whole thing yesterday. And I just got to say. It was like a high school hangout for me. <laughs> I know often. Oh, yeah, yeah. I mean, it's for, I think for the past three decades, it's been the high school hangout. But I know often you and I will be like. They had Saturday night dances there. <laughs> you and I will be like, oh, dude, we're not parents, but we'll tell you how to parent. We'll tell you what to do. Oh, yeah, yeah. Dude, it's exhausting. I'm a fan of that. I mean, I had kids. I had two kids. Me and my girlfriend had my two nephews for like, I don't know, four hours yesterday. And it was just like, oh, my God, shut up. Listen to me and, and like go to bed. Like it was just exhausting to have children around you. So a little tip of the hat to parents there. I, I understand why uh, sometimes you're like, you know what? Let's just leave them in the back of the car. Who cares if it's hot? Shut the door. Shut the windows. Yeah, that's what dude. Being an uncle's awesome. Being is, a, being dude, a, like is. my brother's a dad and I look at it and he's always tired and always. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, no, thanks, man. I've been in uncle's all, especially when they live on the other side of the country. Fly in, buy something expensive. Right. Love you, kid. Love Back you, on the plane. Out. Back <laughs> to Canton. Yeah, it's awesome. That is. It's fun stuff. You got any uh, tales of yesterday? Anything happened? <laughs> so I was all excited yesterday to go to Diana Ross last night. Mm-hmm. I love Diana Ross on the Supremes. Probably a top three artist for me. And I wanted to go to the show so bad. Had tickets to go to the show. Right. And then I couldn't do it. I I went home and I tried to take a nap. Okay. You know, I was like, dude, sleep a little bit so you're not miserable tonight. And then I just couldn't do it. I have a hard time napping. Like, I get stressed out about it because I'm like, well, how long? And well, I better fall asleep by now. And like this and that. So I ended up not being able to do it. And then like 6.30 rolled around and I was like, well, the show starts in about an hour. I'd have to get up like right now, get dressed and kind of go. And I was just like. Yeah, no, nah, I'm not doing it. Not happening. <laughs> no, I, uh, I, and I regretted it this morning. Yeah. The moment I opened my eyes this morning, I was like, "Why did you do that?" But we had Shine Down Monday night. I was yeah. pretty tired, and then you know, had I done that last night, and again, I'm you know, I'm celebrity scooping popcorn tomorrow night at Knob Knob Popcorn, and so like I got started last week, and so there was part of me that was like, you know what, just get a good night's sleep. Get a good show in there tomorrow. You're already all mad about stuff. <laughs> you, you know what I mean? Like, get, go to bed, get some decent sleep, and be able to put on a good product. Because that's the only thing you can control. I can't control anything else that happens here. But what I can control is that the show be as good as I can possibly make it. And so I was like, you know what? That's your win. That's how you go out for vacation. Not, like, fired. I don't know. <laughs> not fired, not dead either. Hopefully. I guess I've... You know, it depends how much I, I talk about this. He does not like when I air out my frustration with the radio station. Does not. Through the radio station. Does not. You think I would have learned that maybe in the three years? <laughs> and maybe that's why he doesn't do any of the stuff I want. Is that why? Maybe that's why. Possible. I'll ask him in 15 minutes when he gets here. I'm sure his greasy fingers are grabbing something out of the drive through window right now. And he'll be here shortly. I don't know. I am, uh, I, I am a little frustrated. And I don't know how to, I don't know how to, well, I don't know how to move forward. (laughs) So I guess maybe the only way to do it is to do it. As some of you may be doing the same thing we're doing, which is getting ready for uh, vacation, you need to be very careful. A father found this out the hard way. This happened, I believe, yesterday, and we'll uh, get you filled in next on Rock 106.9. And welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9, online for you, WRQK.com. And at 9 o'clock, we may have a very special guest joining us at 9 o'clock. I'm still waiting on confirmation, but I believe 9 a.m. we will have a special guest joining us. Somebody used one of my least favorite arguments with me on Twitter during the break, and we've addressed this many times on the program. But a guy reached out and said, someone without kids giving us parenting advice is like someone who read Clifford giving dog training advice. And this is where I'll remind you Fantone's old opinion, which is none of you have been president either. 
or ever will be president, but you're sure sounding off on Facebook about what the president should do, right? And so what I'll say to you is you're right. I've never had kids. But that whole argument that you have to have them to know what to do with them is insane. What about the people who grew up without knowing their parents and then had kids? See, my point is I knew my parents. So don't you as learn as much about parenting from having decent parents as you would about going through the situation yourself? I would imagine that both those situations would teach you things. Now, are there things about raising kids I don't know because I've never done it? Of course there are. But I've been doing radio shows 15 years. There's things about this I don't know yet. You see what I'm saying? Like that whole argument that because I don't have kids. First of all, your kids live on our planet. So you bet your ass I'm going to weigh in on what you're doing with them and how you raise them. Because how you raise them when they're kids is what helps depict on who they're going to be when they're adults. So yeah, occasionally I'm going to be weighing in on that. For sure I am. I've never been a quarterback in the NFL, but I know Tom Brady's better than Cody Kessler. You know what I mean? Like, yes, you you are correct there. There's some things you don't know until you do. There are certain things, you know, and I don't want to get all sidetracked here, but I've always said about the abortion argument. Like, I've heard people, there are a certain section of people in this country that say about that argument. That, well, a man can't even have a baby, so he shouldn't even get to have an opinion. And I've always said that I think that that's crazy. Because because I can't have a child, that maybe I'm not so close to the situation that I could be removed from it and look at it from another angle. And that huge subjects like that deserve as many opinions as they can get their hands on. Not the, well, I can have a baby and you can't, so you don't get to have an opinion. What a, what a short-sighted argument that is. Yeah, in any situation there. I mean, just because you're not... Uh... In, crazy. The, in the eye of the storm there doesn't necessarily mean that you can't have a take on it. I mean, obviously, there's plenty of women out there who aren't capable of having children themselves, yet they still should have a say in what goes on there. What a great point. Now, it doesn't mean that like you as a person are going to always have the loudest voice in the conversation, but like you should have a voice. Yeah, that's, that's fair. He says, you're entitled to your opinion, but before I had a kid, I was like, it's only a kid. Being a good parent is the hardest thing I've ever done. And Jeffrey, what I'll say to you is, I know that. And I've said this on the program many, 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 many times. I didn't have kids because I didn't want to live up to my standard of what a good parent would be. And that, yeah, I find that a lot of you, not all of you, but a lot of you can't live up to my standard of what a good parent would be. Um, credit to Jeff for acknowledging that it is a hard job and it was the hardest job he's had to do. That probably is a testament to you being a pretty decent dad. So I would think so. I would think so. It is a hard job. It's supposed to be a hard job. All I ever hear, and I say this on the show a lot too, all I ever hear about is how it's the hardest job in the world. And I would agree that it's probably near there. And I always say this, and that's how I know most of you aren't prepared to do it. And yet all of us are, (laughs) all of us are. Yeah, it's my right. I'm an American. It's my right. I'm allowed. I'm just going to do it. I'm just going to keep pull the goalie. I'm putting six (laughs) kids in this. Are you kidding me? Of course I'm going to have an opinion. You use my services. you're, You're breathing my air. You're doing all these things. We're all on this planet together. And what? It takes a village, right? right? It takes a village. Right. So yeah, occasionally the head of your village is going to weigh into how you're raising your kids. Like this situation. We're this out of New Hampshire, where apparently a Colorado family went to New Hampshire for vacation. And you're allowed to do that. You're allowed to move around. Yeah. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> you're allowed to. That's okay. Feel free to move about the country. You're totally allowed to do that, right? And Zoe Anderson, about 14 years old, was water skiing in New Hampshire with her family. All right. 
And I grew up near water in Aurora Shores. My grandparents had boats. I grew up a water skier. It's fun, right? Skiing's a lot of fun. I totally understand taking your kids to do that for, you know, summer vacation. Yeah. But apparently, like, the dad was humming around the lake on the boat. Mm-hmm. Hat blew off. Yeah. He got distracted and, like, whipped the boat around and hit his daughter who was in the water looking for the rope line with the propeller. Ooh. She died before they got to the hospital. 14 years old, he killed his own daughter accidentally. Like, this is one of those things where the news is going to give me this today, and I'm never going to hear about Zoe Anderson's family ever again. And I'm going to be interested to find out if in two years this guy doesn't take a header off a building. Oh, something like that. At the very least, a divorce. I mean, that's just such a tough, tough, tough thing that you'd have to go through. Losing any child, let alone a child, due to negligence on your behalf. Ooh, dude, that's got to be an absolute uh, beast to to, to deal with. It will take a while before the wife forgives you. If ever. You know what I mean? And yeah, that's one of those things that's like, you know, I got to be careful here. I just talked to my brother on the phone the other day and he has a hard time when I, when I, you know, give away too much of his life. But my brother and his wife had a child that that passed away early, uh, about four months old, was born with a degenerative heart disease that only like 12 people in the country have ever had. And nobody's ever made it past like age 10. And so we kind of knew when she was born. And I watched, and that wasn't, that's not an accident. That's nobody's fault there. Right. It's, a, you know what I mean? It's not like he ran her over. But I watched two people in a marriage, like, have to work incredibly hard not to blame the other one, not to take out their frustration and their anger and their mourning on that person and realize we're in this together. We'll be stronger together. Like, you're right about that. Like, they're go- like those parents are going to scream at one another out of nowhere and over very little things. And really, what's going to be behind it is the death of their daughter. And, I mean, you just have to think, like... I mean, don't get me wrong. This is like somebody crashing their car because of spiders in it, you know, but your hat blows off. And, I, and the way I was originally imagining this story when I heard it was that she was still still on the skis behind them. But if she was already in the water and your hat blows off, like, dude, you know, your daughter's in there. You have to be aware as a boater, like that there's somebody in the water. It's not like it's I don't want to say it's not That's that why you much normally of a take a accident. huge loop right like but it's somewhat uh, this is negligence on his behalf Sherwood Anderson the father was trying to bring the ski line back to her when his hat blew off he was momentarily distracted as a result the uh, boat did strike the victim at a slow uh, rate of speed but unfortunately the victim sustained serious injuries a sergeant was telling the news station there in New Hampshire I'm reading now from Fox 8 Dot com. How terrible. I couldn't even imagine that. Yeah, absolutely awful. I mean, you're in that vacation mode of like, we're having fun, a great day at the beach, and then you run your daughter over with a boat. Terrible. Yeah, I don't, I mean, I, I mean, how do you go back to your life after that? I, I don't know. You that, have to yet start over. Like, it's a terrible. Yeah, that's a terrifying, terrifying thing. I uh, and, and I hope, and I would pray that most, and, and you know me, I'm, I'm not big into the prayer thing, but I, I would hope that none of you listening will ever have to know what it's like to bury a child. Like I said, I've seen a family member do it, and it's honestly, that to me looked like the hardest job I've ever seen. I don't know. I could be wrong on that. Uh, some new science has come out about what exactly Mortingwood is and how it happens and all that. So we'll swim back to the shallow end of the pool and get into what we know about next on Rock 1069. Dansbury Show on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show, Rock 1069, 8.30. We'll get you hooked up with Incubus tickets. That show's on the 25th out of Blossom. That's going to be a good show. We're on vacation that week. I'm probably yeah. going to go to that. Jimmy Eat World and Judah and the Lion opening up there. I forgot about Judah and the Lion even being a thing. Yeah, well, New Tour Tuesday a couple weeks ago there. Huh? 
exposing you to all sorts of new stuff. That song kind of kind of died out a little bit, right? I mean, it was two weeks ago. You know, it takes a while for songs to reach the top. I uh, I have not heard that anywhere. But they'll be playing with Incubus. Who's damn good. Yeah, I, I'll probably go to that. Not having to wake up the next day? Probably go to that one. Yeah. Apparently, back in the day, before we figured out erectile dysfunction fully, if you went and saw the doctor, if you were having issues, they would tell you to tape a or, or like yeah like tape a roll of pennies to your penis and if you woke up, if you woke up in the morning and the wrapper for the pennies was ripped you'd know that you had throughout the night or in the or early morning had gotten erect so okay. you know it's not ed okay You're- it's not it's not a it's not a physical problem for your erectile dysfunction. It's probably mental. And I've heard doctors say that like 80% of all ED is probably mental. Your penis is functioning. It's just not functioning when you want it. To. Right. Okay. So okay. it works. It's not necessarily erectile dysfunction per se. There, there, this may be a mental block. Man, oh man. Doctors just like, yeah, tape, tape, tape something onto it. And if it tears, man, I'm glad I live in the time. Now, they don't do. do that anymore. No. I, th- I believe it was known as the stamp test. They don't do that anymore. But they say that a healthy man should experience three to five erections per evening. Now, you're probably not going to know that because you're going to be asleep. But apparently there is a chemical in our brain, males' brains, that suppresses erections while we're awake. But when you're asleep, it doesn't do that. And so like the, the chemical is running through your, your brain. Next okay. thing you know, you're getting erections. Okay? But... Not having an erection in the morning is an indicator that something might be wrong with you. Now, the older you get, the less likely you are to have one every single day when you wake up. Right. 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 But if you're, they say if you're not having a couple a month, it's probably time to go see the doctor. Um. Yeah. I mean, definitely. I can remember being, you know, 16 years old and just every single morning, just raging, just, 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 you know, like it was nothing else. We call those the good old days. Um. Uh, at least once a week, if not more, I wake up and I know throughout the night. I mean, my girlfriend's complained about it before. Yeah. She's like, "Quit sticking it in my back! What are you doing that for?" I'm like, "I can't control it. It's just it is. It is what it is, right there." So, um, maybe you guys should swap ends. How you? Um, yeah, but I got. I like to be the big spoon. You know, I'm I'm, I'm the big spoon. I curl up next to her and you know just start poking her. And and the back there, I'm going to say I probably have at least I wake up and I know this morning it was an example of I woke up and I'm like, oh, there it is. I remember the first time I woke up in the morning and it didn't happen. Really? And I was like, oh, God, (laughs) where I was like, I thought it was over. I I was like, dead man walking is the most. And then I, you know, I just didn't know enough. And then the more I read, and I was like, oh, okay, I'm all right. I'm all right. I'm all right. And I remember like two days later, I woke up and everything was fine. I was like, oh, thank God. I felt like, you know what I mean? There's nothing... There's nothing more worrisome for a man than to think that it's like, oh my God, is my penis just not going to work? Yo, the functionality of it and making sure everything, I, I, I guess at this point, 33 is still relatively young for me. I'm um, surprised that's happening to you already. Um, I mean, like, 
it it's never been an issue for me when I want it to work outside of like, oh man, I did too many, you know, I did too many shots or I did too much, you know, right. It, it, so at that point, it's like, well, dude, if I'm sober and I'm okay and, and it's still working, I feel like I, uh, I don't know, hopefully I, this will continue on in my life. Doctors say morning wood also serves as a, an, another important function. It keeps your penis in fighting shape for when it needs to stand to attention in the bedroom. They say here that your penis is a use it or lose it organ. Really? Dr. Kohler says, I didn't know that. Frequent erections multiple times a night will keep the penile tissue soft and stretchy, Dr. Kohler says. They also prompt the smooth muscle in your penis to relax, which allows blood to rush in and what is what will then make you erect here. I'm, men's health getting a little carried away with some of the language they're using here. <laughs> uh, it is important that this happens often, they say, because the stretchiness of your penis decreases if the smooth muscles stay contracted for too long. Without a regular relaxing, contracting workout, the length of your erect penis may actually shorten. So if I'm reading this right, the less erections I get when I finally do get one, it's going to be shorter than it was. Right? Did I read that right? It sounds like it to me. Yeah. I mean, that's, you know, how depressing depressing is that? Um, I don't think that's too much of a problem for most dudes. Hopefully, uh, you know, they're they're still out there functioning. But yeah, dude, I mean, if you're sitting there right now, like, you know, like looking for black market Viagra on the Internet and you're like, dude, I got to get this thing working again. And all of a sudden it's a quarter of an inch shorter than it was the last time you used it. That is going to be a sad story, dude. That is. They say here, Dr. Kohler says here, do not worry if you notice a slight decrease in the number of days you wake up uh, with morning wood. He says you might still be experiencing erections during the night and just not waking up with it. He says see your doctor if you wake up without a morning erection for several months. A complete loss of them can signal depression, chronic stress, yeah. or underlying health issues. That's what I've always heard is that honestly that a lot of erectile dysfunction, if we were going to get right down to it, it's got nothing to do with your body and that it's depression normally will do this. Depre- Anxiety and stress. Right. I was going to say, you know, you're with somebody for the first time or, you know, whatever the case is, you're using it for the first time and there's that anxiety, there's there's that nervousness that's going into it and all of a sudden you're just yelling at it like, you stupid son of a bitch, just stand up. It's amazing how sex works like that because you can have sex with people and not have anxiety or stress or whatever and right. then sooner or later, dude, one person can right. throw you off your game. You're like, God, I'm so worried about this. She's so beautiful. I just want to get it right. I just need to nail this. I just got to do it right. And next thing you know, you talk yourself right out of the performance and your peanut dude it's a fickle thing it, it's you know what i mean it's it's not just there just to do what you want it's got a mind of its own and you know what i mean it's got well personality disorders apparently <laughs> apparently man it's a, it, it, it's got a confidence issue so if you woke up this morning and it wasn't like you know putting it through the other side of the mattress no worries you're probably all right okay all right probably gonna be okay but uh it, they say here several months Without one, go see a doctor. And I got to be honest with you, that's a, I'm a guy who hates to go to the doctor, but if I went a month without feeling that in the morning, I'd be like, all right, we need to go see a guy in a white coat. I absolutely get me to the white coats. Something happened yesterday with the Stark County Sheriff's Office. They decided they made an announcement that they're going to start doing something, and it has made a lot of you angry. We'll figure that all out together, and that will happen next on Rock 1069. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 1069. I'm a huge Game of Thrones fan. Actually, at 7.30, we're going to give you some numbers on uh, on how they did on Sunday night. It's going to blow you away. <laughs> some of the numbers on that. 7.30, we'll give you those. But I've been looking for new stuff to stream, actually, and like mm-hmm. new binge-watch obsessions. And I actually started The Wire on HBO. I started that over, even though I've seen it like seven times. But I'm watching that again. It's so good. You know, people are always on me about this Rick and Morty thing. 
And people are like, do you gotta get you gotta get caught up on Rick and Morty? Apparently, season two starting soon. Um, like, I, but I looked on Netflix; they don't seem to have it. Like, who's who has Rick not, and Morty? I think that's an Adult Swim thing. Oh. Um, I wouldn't say you have to watch Rick and Morty. It's good if you like weird adult cartoons. And uh, I, I mean, I think I do. Um, it just how do I want to put it? Like, it's definitely not something you have to turn on. Episode one, season one, and watch your way through. I can kind of pick up in the middle. You can pick up in the middle, watch whatever episode, you know, Google what's the best Rick and Morty episode, find that out, and then kind of see if you have a taste for it. Okay. Because sometimes it's funny, and sometimes it's like, damn, dude, that's really good. And then other times it's just like, what am I watching? Like, this is bizarre. So, I don't know. It's it's good. Check it out, I guess. All right, yeah. Like I said, I've been looking for some new binge watch stuff. This is where people now will tweet at me and tell me to watch the Marvel shows on Netflix. We've all seen them. Yeah, I know. Narcos. I got it. Speaking of which, drug cops and the like. Uh, I watched a Facebook Live video yesterday from the Stark County Sheriff's Office. Uh-huh. And I didn't watch all of it, but I, but, but I did uh, check in on it. And there has been some negative reaction from the public over what was said. The sheriff's office said they are going to distribute around 75 kits containing the nasal spray antidote of Narcan for opioid overdoses that they're going to give those out to at-risk inmates who are about to be released from jail. And they say here, we take the oath to save lives and we are not in a position to judge whose life is worth saving, said Stark County Sheriff Major Dale Soltis. He said distributing Narcan to inmates that they are acting as a vehicle to end the opioid epidemic. Not only does this move fulfill our duty to keep Stark County safer, it steps towards getting individuals the treatment that they need to keep them out of jail and save taxpayers money, Soltis had said. Now, that's obviously long term, that it will save you money long term. And this is where I feel like people have a hard time seeing these things because you want to see the money saved tomorrow. You want to see the benefit of giving addicts Narcan tomorrow. You're not going to see the benefits of that tomorrow. You're going to see it five years from now. Maybe. It might even be longer. And that's where a lot of people have a hard time with some of these newer ideas on how to uh, on how to combat. And I'm going to use the word because it is what we're in, an epidemic of what's happening. And that's where we're at. We're, we're at, currently at, let's bring trailers down here to stack bodies in them, mobile morgues. That's an epidemic. Oh, it's, it's undeniable at this point. And if you are denying it, it's because you have your head in the sand. You're just not paying attention because maybe it hasn't affected you personally yet. Right. And I think that's what people are kind of in the well, And it has, and you just don't know. Well, it. it's not my kid. Well, it's not my right. it's not my coworkers. It's not, and you just you're you're putting your head in the sand there. There's a couple things I liked, and I guess maybe a point that I wanted to disagree with. Maybe um, <clears throat> they talk about how it's not their job as sheriffs to decide which life is worth saving and which life is not. And I got to give that a tip of the hat, just because that seems to me like. Yeah, like you, you're not the judge, you're not the jury, you're not the executioner, you're the one whose job is to help save lives. And I, I, I respect that from them. I really think that that was a, a noble thing to say and an ideal to have, where in other examples, um, in the news recently, there was a sheriff who's like, no, we're not carrying Narcan, like we're not doing it. And it's just like, right. I, I, that guy out of Butler County, right? I, I take your point and I understand, well, we're not doing it, but like, uh, to me, 
your job is to be that first responder, is to help on, uh, you know, in emergency situations. And whether you like it or not, somebody overdosing is an emergency situation. Just like, and you could say, well, it's not an accident. Well, neither is an attempted suicide. Neither is, you know, a DUI. Neither is a million of those things where it's not necessarily an accident, but it is an emergency situation. The Stark County Sheriff's Office have teamed up with ComQuest. That's Stark County's largest provider of recovery and mental health services. And the president and CEO said... Offering Narcan kits is just one step in solving the problem. He said inmates suffering from addiction and withdrawal are identified while at the Stark County Jail. Those inmates are placed in an educational program and their families are also given training on the Narcan. Now, they're not forcing this on anyone. They're just going to offer it to you when you walk out. And this made people's heads explode yesterday. And I read all the comments at Fox 8's like Facebook page. And this is where I'm reading some of this for, for you now is Fox8.com. And I saw some of the very simple logic people use for this stuff. I mean, none of us are even going to have health care, but drug addicts are going to get Narcan and like that kind of stuff. And like, I have to pay to go to the doctor, but we're going to give addicts this. You're the same people, though, that when somebody on your street dies from from opiates, you take to Facebook and say, we got to do something about this drug problem because my friend's niece died. Well, yes, we do got to do something about this drug problem. And do I think this program is going to work? I'm going to shoot you straight, Canton. Do I think that this program with the Stark County Sheriff's Office is doing right now, giving inmates Narcan, is going to work? No. That's my opinion. I don't know that. My opinion is, will this do anything? No. But I don't know that it won't. And I know that not doing anything doesn't do anything. And so what I want is less people having to take to Facebook to talk about the drug problem because their friends and families are dying. And I don't know that this won't work, so do it. Because then I'll know. Because then I'll know. If we do it, then I'll know. Yeah, obviously, as we're kind of looking at a new uh, era of epidemic when it comes to drugs in this country, it's no longer just a problem of the inner city. It's a problem, I I would say, more in rural America than anywhere else. I mean, when it comes to opioids and heroin, that's what at least the dialogue looks like to me. We're going to have to try new things. And and that's a part of battling something like this is you're going to have to try new things. And when you do, yeah, there's going to be, you know, instances where it doesn't work, but at least you gave it something. At least there was a shot at it if you if if i had a list for you all the all the practical how do i want to say this if i showed you a list of all the inventions that we got that were discovered by in in studies like this and nothing came out of it essentially what i mean is is that we may find we may find an answer for something we weren't looking for through this too right like wasn't it penicillin they discovered? It, it, they weren't trying to find that. It was like some, they were doing another study, and then they came up with that. It's, that's why you do some of this stuff. That's why you let smart people take swing. you got to take a swing. People are dying. You can't leave the bat on your shoulder, right? I know for sure if I never swing the bat, I'm never going to get on base. Now, I don't know for sure if I swing that I'm going to hit a single, but you might. And when we're talking about people dying, I think every once in a while, you got to take a swing. Now, people are saying to me, aren't they just going to trade this Narcan for drugs? Who's going to give you drugs for Narcan? Narcan's the stuff that brings you back after the drugs. The drug dealer doesn't want Narcan. What's the drug dealer want with Narcan? Um, Now, are they going to abuse it? I think there's a very valid argument there of like, well, are they going to abuse it in the sense of they're going to go home, intentionally take more more narcotics than they should, and then revive themselves or have somebody revive them with Narcan? Sure, that's going to happen, but I don't know if, I mean, it's, it's like the argument of like food stamps where it's like, I don't know if that's enough for me to say, no, you can't 
implement this. Uh, yes, there's going to be examples of that, but is it the greater good that we're going for here as opposed to instances of people abusing this, you know, the system? Yeah, you can't, you know, I remember saying this about iPads in schools that, you know, people were talking to me about, oh, you know, like some kids are just going to break it or they're not going to. And I said, I can't worry about the people who are never going to make it. I can't worry about that. I got to reach in and grab every kid who might make it. And in very much the same way like this, are some drug addicts going to abuse this? Are we going to see abuses of a good program? Yes. Welcome. We have abuse of food stamps. We have abuse of all these things, but they're still helpful to some other people. Now, uh, and when your niece dies, you're going to want this. You don't want it now because your kid's not hooked on heroin. That's why you don't want it. And I know what you're thinking. My tax dollars. The mayor's not coming to knock on your door tonight and ask you for the money. You know that, right? Do you know where your tax dollars go? You have no idea where your tax dollars go. How many issues do I have with the way my tax dollars are spent? doesn't mean that I don't have to pay for something. Right. Come on. A lot of people in this country don't like tanks. Guess what? Your tax dollars pay for tanks. (laughs) Like, that's the way it works. It's not up to just what your... Your taxes aren't just for what you want. They're the... You know what I mean? It's what helps everything. Now, I don't think this program will do much. I really don't. But I don't know that. And the only way to know it is to take swings. So instead of giving 5,000 people Narcan, 75 kits to see what happens, what's the problem? The problem is is you can either make the argument of, A, well, if, if it works for one out of those 75, it's all worth it. But then you can also make the argument of, B, well, as a you know, as I take a step back, is it really worth it? I don't know how much you know a Narcan thing costs. I don't know how much. I don't know being, that either. How, how much money's being pumped into this? But I don't know that. If either. it costs a hundred thousand dollars, and I'm just making up numbers here to save one life, it's like, well, is that worth it? Is that investment worth it? And like, I don't know that. And it, my guess would be no at a hundred thousand dollars per life. We we get into a conversation here where there's you know valid points on both side of this, but at, at the end of the day, what we're dealing with is dead people. At the end of the day what we're dealing with is an epidemic in our community and you might never use heroin and your family might never be touched by it but i i family is currently touched by i it. stand firm to the statement of if you don't see there being a problem it's because you a you live a very privileged and kind of sheltered life or you might not have had it and good for or you be more likely you're sticking your head in the sand over this and eventually That's it's going likely. to catch up with you um the thing that always follows an injection epidemic which you know is follow, hiv right is, is aids so like you start with opioids that turns into heroin and then that turns into AIDS and hepatitis C. So like you, you, you which need, affects all of us. It's, it's a big it's a big issue that we're dealing with here. And I, I, I also think it's worth noting. They said in there um, this isn't the solution. This isn't the silver bullet. This is no. the one and only thing. This is one of many things that we're going to have to try to implement to make this problem go away. It's, it's also part of this. If we keep people out of jail, guess what you're not paying for? Your tax dollars aren't paying to keep more people in jail. And then, and then, so, so then, so maybe then the tax money works out, but you never think about that. You never think about that because you think about it like the mayor's going to come over today and turn you upside down and shake the change out of your pocket. That's not what's going to happen. Take your kid's EpiPen away and turn it into Narcan That's for not some, what's for going some, to for junkie, happen. Yeah. That's not what's going to happen. You got to understand that. Jeff says, stop yelling at me. We're not all stupid. It's okay to have different viewpoints. Jeff, you can absolutely... Jeff, I just said I don't think this program's going to work. I'm not yelling at you. But, but, but the same people going online telling me that we got to do something about the drug problem, demonizing the solutions that people are coming up with for the drug problem is lunacy! You can't have it both ways. You can't tell people, man, our government, our officials, they better do something. And then when they do it, get mad at what they're doing. What's your solution?
that I guess that's my point. Is that if you want to knock the solutions people are coming up with, I'm for it. Because like I said, I don't think this program's going to work. I really don't. Now, I'm for needle exchange in Canton, Ohio. It makes me very nervous, but I'm for it. Okay? I don't know these things are going to work. I don't know that they won't. But I know we better do something to figure it out. I don't think all of you are stupid, Jeff. But if we're going to sit around and pretend that most of Americans are up to date and are informed or engaged about the problems that face us, that is just a bold face lie. And you know it. I know you have a difference of opinion because you and I have argued before. Right? So you, you just don't agree with me. And you choose to listen to the show anyway, which I respect the hell out of you because that's more than what most fat, lazy Americans can do nowadays. Well, I just don't agree with them, so I'm hating them and I'm never listening ever again. So I'll give you credit for that. But I don't, I don't think this is going to work. But sooner or later, we're going to stumble across the thing that might. And I know that the only way to do that is to start trying something instead of just Facebook posts, which will do nothing. We'll be right back with more Sansbury Show. Hang on. The Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show on Rock 106.9. We're online for you, WRQK.com. It's where you can uh, check out Gene Simmons falling down on his ass with like full like demon costume. It's pretty funny. As a Kiss fan, that was pretty funny. I enjoyed that. As a non-Kiss fan, I'm sure it's funny. Oh, yeah. Dude, if you hate Gene Simmons, you're going to love it. That's online at WRQK.com. We opened a can of worms with this whole Stark County Sheriffs are going to give out Narcan to inmate at-risk inmates who are being released from jail. Mm-hmm. Okay? And I said, look, I don't think this program's going to do a lot, but I don't know that to be true, and I know what we're currently doing isn't doing a lot. So I'm for taking some swings, even stuff that I feel uncomfortable with. Like, you know, Canton's getting into the whole clean needle exchange. That makes me uncomfortable, but I don't know that it won't work, and I know what we're currently doing isn't, so let's try some stuff. As somebody who supports both of these programs, I understand why there's hesitation. I understand why there's questions, and there are certainly valid points on the other side of this. I'm not going to be like, nope, this is the only way, and if you don't like it, you're a stupid racist. Nope, dude, this is... This is a very complex thing that we're talking about. For sure it is. It is. For sure it is. Okay? And so a guy asked me why our tax dollars must go to keeping dumbasses alive after their second OD. Okay? And what I would say to you is, I understand why you feel that way. I've said many times in this program, I have sympathy for drug addicts, but only so much. Okay? Okay? And and only so much. Right? At some point, you do, you do got to get like your act together. Okay? But what I'll tell you is, your tax dollars have to go to this. Or there are people who, in support of this, will tell you that your tax dollars have to go to this because your tax dollars are going to go to these drug addicts anyway. Either you're going to jail them or you're going to clean them up. It's going to be one of the two. What would you rather have, a cleaner society or more people in jail? And, I mean, let's be honest about the concept of raising the tides here in the sense of, like, if you... If your neighbor's on drugs, he's going to kick your door in. Exactly, exactly. You, you, if, your <laughs> That's community, why. if your community has these issues, they are going to end up on your front doorstep. And, like, I mean, let's be real here. Most drug addicts probably have made some other irresponsible decisions in their life, probably a parent of some sort. Right. And all of a sudden, they're in the ground or they're in jail. Who's taking care of their kids? Now, right. Right? Right. Now, he says... Isn't it more possible they get help in jail on the streets they got to want it? If you think drug addicts are getting the proper help in jail, first of all, you don't want to fund that. 
Right, <laughs> like, right. People you want to privatize that. Right. People are opposing the funding of that. And so, like, dude, if, if, if that's what you, if you think people are being rehabilitated in jail, you've seen too many TV shows. That's very Pollyannish. That's very, like, in a perfect world, you go to jail, and when you come out, you're never going to do it again. Nice and shiny. That's right. not the way it's that not, works. It's, not, mean, dude, it's crime school. Deal, that's all jail is. De- let's deal with the problems as they are, not as we wish them to be. Exactly. Okay, and another guy said to me, he goes, I just don't think that giving out Narcan addresses the issue on a real level. Okay, now that is a legitimate point. Mm -hmm. And he says, to me, it's encouraging the using of the drugs. And I understand why it feels that way. But what I will tell people is the drug addict needs no encouragement to use the drugs. They have something called addiction that is driving them using the drugs. Whether I give them Narcan or not, they're going to use heroin today. Yeah. A heroin. This is what I said about locking heroin dealers up and charging them for the murder of the drug addicts. I'm against that because I've always said that if you wake up as a heroin user and you go to your dealer and he runs out, you don't just go, no heroin today. You go down to the next dealer, which again makes it about the addict. I do want addicts to take responsibility and have punishments for their use and their crimes. Absolutely I do. But ultimately at the end of the day, they still are human beings. Beings, right? And if it was your neighbor's kid laying dying, dead in the front yard, you'd want this. We as America, we have turned a blind eye to some of this drug use stuff. Have, because, have for a very long time. Because it was an inner city problem. We care about this now because it's kids that go to McKinley. That's why we care. When this was an inner city problem, nobody cared. We're opening our eyes to this now because people we recognize and people that look like you are now starting to be affected. And so that's a little too, little too, little too late there, right? Um, um, but we got to do something. I, I, I absolutely hate the idea of giving a drug addict money and or or, or help, and I, I, I don't like it. But what I don't like even more is an unsafe society. And if this is going to help me and it's going to reduce the risk of HIV as a guy who wants to sleep around when I want, I got to be honest with you, I want that. And I, I, I don't think that's, you know, and I, I don't mean to point something out that you said, but like the concept of like, I hate to give drug addicts help. Like, and that's, I know that's not that's the not right way meant, to say there, that. There is people who have that. that there are that people mentality. that feel that way. That's and not with my that stance. Being but yeah. said, dude, you're looking at people who are truly at the lowest of the low of our society. Like, we look at drugs as like, oh, you're you're destroying your life. Those people need the most help. Those are the people who honestly need need more help than anyone. And 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 it's just like, nope, doesn't matter to me. And like, I don't know, dude. I, I certainly don't view myself as some Christian on, on the high hill. But if we look at ourselves as a nation of like not compassionate. Of compassionate people, like there is a little bit of like you have to. What you, would Jesus do? You have to recognize that, right? That I mean, you're wearing the wristband. What would he do? Also, and I brought up children in the last. Pass thing, out Narcan. And I brought up children in. in the As a matter of fact, segment. Jesus would take one thing in Narcan and turn it into enough Narcan just for three hundred people. Dude, we're all just snorting it up. Um, this Narcan going home with a a a uh, somebody who's going to repeat offense, somebody who's going to get back on opioids. This is for their family too. Um, with fentanyl, with car fentanyl. Dude, these are grams. These are minuscule amounts that are killing people. There was that cop we talked about who got it on him. Just and he touched overdosed, it. And he overdosed. There was a 10-year-old kid in Florida that just died. And again, we should we should stop here to tell people, overdose doesn't necessarily mean die. Right. That, that word's been kind of... He, that cop ended up living, but still, he did overdose. Because he had Narcan but, available but, to him. <laughs> right. Because he had Narcan. There was a 10-year-old kid that died because, I don't know if it was, he got into his, his, his dad's stash or whatever it was, but you've got the capability to 
save those lives. It's not just junkies. It's not just those people that you don't you look down on that are affected by this, dude. And that, that cop that's or that sheriff's it's like, no, we're not taking it out, out with us. What happens when one of your sheriffs get it on them and they're overdosing and their partner can't save their life? Yeah, dude, one cop goes down for that. Right. That that dude, that guy's right. never getting elected ever again. Let me tell you another real reason why we gotta get real about this problem. If we don't get this under control, this issue is going to make texting and drinking and driving look like nothing. How many times have you seen it? How many times? How many days you wake up and open your Facebook page and there's another set of parents passed out in the front seat of a car with the kid in the back seat right. at a stoplight because they were both trying to shoot up at the light? Right. Guys, this is going to make texting and driving look like Christmas morning. If you live in a rural area and you're driving into Canton to come get dope and you're driving back out to Navarre, dude, you don't think that they, you think they're going to wait. First of all, you need help. You, I, let's, let's get you out of Navarre. You think they're going to wait to get back home before they blast off? Hell no, no. they're not, dude. Hell no, they're not. They're driving while high. Okay. Like, I, 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 man, I don't know if I should do this or not. But screw it. I'm going to. Yeah. Okay. Um. I can't say that I was a heroin addict, okay? But I liked to snort Oxycontin for a while, okay? Now, I never was full-blown addicted. I never got sick when I didn't use, none of that stuff. But because I had an addict friend, and I looked at him on the side and thought to myself, don't let it get there, right? Okay, but that's what all addicts think before they get there. And he was looking at junkies, homeless junkies, just saying, don't let it get just there. Just don't let it get just there. don't let it get there. There's always one step further, right? right? And my point for this is, is that this was 2007, 2008, and nobody would have ever known. Wildly successful, number one radio show in the city, everywhere I went, people telling me I'm the man. And yet every night, there I was with a driver's license, crushing pills down and snorting them up my nose, driving around. I used to keep a, a plastic bag from the grocery store in the glove box of my car because when you snort too much Oxycontin, you end up throwing up, and that's part of the reason. That's part of that drug that people like because you know you're about to set off right there. That's a guy who was not addicted. I was able when my friend went to rehab just to flush all my drugs and go. I'm done. I saw. Lucky. I got. I got way too close to the edge of this. I'm lucky that it didn't go any further. I'm now done. But that's not everybody's story. So that's listen to what I'm saying to you. A guy that wasn't addicted to this stuff kept a bag in his car in case he threw up behind the wheel. That's what's happening. And nobody nobody knew that about me. They knew it about the guy I was working with. Nobody suspected that out of me. But there I was. Right in it. Right in it. Meaning what? Your cousins are in this, your coworkers are in this, your bosses are in this. A lot of people are in this that you don't know. And sooner or later you are gonna know, and maybe when it's too late. And maybe that's why we got to try these things. They make me uncomfortable, too. I don't have all the answers. I can barely read. Okay, so I don't know all this stuff that has to happen, but I know leaving the bat on my shoulder will get nothing done. I understand that it's very easy to look at a drug addict and go, pull yourself together. I'm one of those guys. I'm easily one of those guys. But at some point, we have to try something to see if it works. You'll never know if it works if it doesn't. It's like a headache. If I gave you aspirin, you're going to take it because if it doesn't work, you're still stuck with the headache that you had. But if it works, now all of a sudden your pain's gone. It's very much the same way. We just have to at least to try something before this gets to the point to where we can't do anything.
More Sansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show on Rock 106.9. Got to give a shout out to Stephanie listening to us on iHeartRadio at the gym. She's currently sweating her ass off on the elliptical. She's like, I'm listening to you down in Nashville via iHeartRadio. She's like, I feel like your conversation on the war on drugs is very interesting this morning. So thank you, Stephanie. We love having you on board. Thank you to anyone who listens via iHeartRadio. Yeah, because that's how our bonuses work now. So download (laughs) iHeartRadio. Yes, for sure. I don't care about artist stations. (laughs) I don't care about any of that stuff. I got a $750 bonus I'm trying to hit. And like, I just, you can listen to anything in the world via iHeartRadio. You choose to listen to us. Thank you. That's sincere. I don't care what you listen to. Just get get iHeartRadio on your phone and download it and be listening to it. Spotify sucks. It's the devil. It's the worst. I don't know. I, I have never used it. For all I know, it could be great. But you listen to iHeartRadio instead. It's free. But she thought well, like we had an interesting perspective on the war on drugs, and I think that we do. And I've been hearing a lot during the break. We were talking about the sheriff's department here passing out like Narcan kits to at-risk inmates when they leave. And I understand it makes people uncomfortable. It makes me uncomfortable. Okay? But people have been saying to me, they've been nitpicking a few of my arguments apart. All right. You know, like, well, passing out Narcan is not going to stop the, you know, the driving on drugs thing. It might not. Okay? But what I know is this. I know for a fact there is no silver bullet to end the drug problem in America. There is no silver bullet, which is why you fire clips. You fire every bullet because one won't do it. Right? That's what I thought. That's just kind of my feel. And honestly, Stephanie also brought this up. She's like, you know, everyone I know passes out Adderall like candy. You know what I mean? We all have a very loose relationship with some drugs. Yeah, I mean, I think that's a big part of the problem of how we got to this point in the country is that, well, first of all, I mean, like, painkillers like, uh, you know, Vicodin and, 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 and up the ladder from there, those were never meant to treat chronic pain. Those were meant to treat, you know, hey, you broke your leg, you get these for for the next week, for the next two weeks. Take as needed. Take, oh, take as needed, right. It was never meant to, you know... Be, you're on this for five years right. because of your back pain. My buddy right. Jerry went through that. He had a back surgery, and he had been on... And this was back when they pass out Oxycontin left and right. He had been on Oxycontin like four years straight. So, so that's kind of where a part of the problem is and then we got into this you know where it's socially acceptable like if you're at work and you're like oh dude my back is killing me last night i don't know what Here's i a did. muscle relaxer right somebody in your office is going to be like oh well dude you know i've got i've got you know whatever in my purse here's a you know here's a vicodin and it's like dude we're talking about narcotics here if i said you know man dude i'm sober i haven't smoked weed in forever in a work meeting well number one i should probably be fired but number two nobody's gonna be like yo here's a little bit of dope like here's here's a joint you can smoke. I well, mean, put a pin in that. Well, I mean, well, I'm sorry, <laughs> you and I. We, we, we do work in the radio business. You never know. Um, but it's just, it, it does. It just goes to show you we have a very blase attitude about certain drugs where other drugs, you would never cross that bridge. You would never, you know, think about uh, being so careless and so like, well, yeah, here, here, you can, you can have a Vicodin of mine. Like, no, no, you can't. Yeah, it's, um, it's an uncomfortable time right now. But we, I, I don't know. I just, I, I guess I'm just one of these people that feels like we have to try something. I, I, I just don't sticking my head in the sand and not doing anything. I under, dude, I can demonize any one of these things. I can, I can call over the financials of any program and go, well, we're wasting money here. We're wasting money here. We're wasting money here. We waste money on everything. If we're going to waste money on anything, I, I guess I'm okay with it being on people. All right. Now I do get nervous about, you know, <laughs> That, you know, well, you know, we revived the same person 10 times. I get it. 
first of all, this is this is the math. Okay, the math is this: if you go get sober, eighty percent of people don't make it. It's eight. Out, I think it's eight out of ten don't make it. Something like that. It's crazy. The numbers are against you. It's like being strapped to a bomb. Okay, so that also being said, a lot of addicts go to rehab more than once before they stop. Sure. They, it, it, it happened. I have an addict in my family. It took him multiple times. And if he didn't have a, if he didn't have a mother and a father that loved him, he would have never got. And a wife would have never got clean. I mean, dude, how many times do you try quit smoking cigarettes? We're oh talking God, about cigarettes I, here. I tried ten million, times, a million, ten dude. times. And now I will say that's interesting because what I always tell people about quitting smoking cigarettes that I didn't quit until I until I just put them down and didn't try other things to quit. Like when I was like, well, I won't try gum or I won't try this. So that does kind of maybe, I don't want to say fly in the face of some of this, you know, like recovery type stuff. thing. But that's what, and I'm one person. Many people quit smoking cigarettes with vaping and gum and all this other stuff. I, I would like to know also what other negative lifestyle choices do these rules apply to that people want to imply that we don't have to help you? I mean, like at the end of the day, if you're a fat dude on your third heart attack and you just keep sucking down food out of a window, does the doctor have to perform that third open heart surgery? Does, does he? Right? Does the does should the, we? Does the EMT have to go get your fat ass out of the bedroom when you're dying there? And your when you're eight hundred pounds. Up? I mean, that's a decision that you made. Yeah, America ain't signing off on that because you're not giving up that drive-through window, are you? That's a decision <laughs> that you made that led to negative impact right. in your in your health there. Right. Just like a drug addict, different drug. I will grant you that, but still, you made that decision and you put yourself in that situation. There's no accident to it. Uh, does that apply to you? I, I mean, uh, how far down that rabbit hole do we go? Yeah, that's a, you know, that is a tricky thing. As a guy who's overweight, as a guy who eats everything and get his hands on, you know what? If I end up with three heart attacks, you, that is, that's the same right. exact logic. Do we save that fat dude twice? And all he does is scream on the radio anyway. You let him die on that table. I could absolutely see that. More Sansbury Show and, in, and Incubus tickets. That happens next hour on Rock 106.9. 106.9. Welcome back to the Sandsbury Show, Rock 106.9, 8.30. We'll pass out those Incubus tickets as they play Blossom July 25th. We'll get you hooked up. 1-800-243-7625 is the number you need on those. I love doing this for a living. I just love it. And part of the reason is I never know what's going to happen. Like, I can prep the show the night before, and that's usually what happens. I spend about two hours prepping it, getting it together, and then I go to bed, wake up, and just kind of check and make sure in the morning, make sure it's like, yeah, still go with that, still do this, still this. But I never really know what's going to happen. When you go to bed at 8 p.m. Eastern time. A million things happen. Right. I mean, the West Coast is just hitting five, so like a lot can happen from when you go to bed to when this show A lot of the world can move around. Right. And... You know, some mornings it's all, you know, D jokes and how do you masturbate and this and that. And then, you know, some days it's fixing the world's problems. And, you know, we've been fixing, you know, the world's problems a little bit this morning. We're going to continue just on a different subject now. A guy I like and I believe uses some of that. He speaks like me common sense that some of us Americans really like and myself included occasionally is Mike Rowe. And I have said that I think Mike Rowe will eventually run for office. And I think Mike Rowe v. The Rock would be a great presidential election. I think it'd be awesome, right? And I don't always agree with everything Mike Rowe says, but I like the fact that I at least feel like he's engaged and understands what he's talking about before he speaks on it. Now, he's not always right. Like, he went overboard on those, like, $500 jeans nobody bought, and he was all upset about people using fake mud for jeans instead of people working hard. 
And so people have misconstrued what Mike Rowe has said about higher education. And I understand that because people misconstrue what I say all the time. Welcome to public speaking. It's just the way it works. And people have said that, you know, he devalues higher education. And Mike Rowe should be pointed out is a college grad who states that his college education has helped him in his life. But his actual point is, is that we have pushed this mentality that you cannot be successful without a four-year degree in this country, and he feels like that is false, and that the trades have fallen on the wayside, and that there's, I don't know, he has a number here, I forget what he says it is, but like there's hundreds of thousands of jobs that are going unfilled because we don't have people qualified to do it. Oh yeah, there's, there's no denying that. I know firsthand, I actually got, uh, got an email the other day from a couple of foremen that are working on the Hall of Fame project who were like, dude, we cannot hire workers fast enough. If you're looking for a job right now and no construction even a little bit, reach out to somebody over there. They're, they're tripping over themselves trying to hire people right now. So there is a little bit of a lack of the skills traded people to like to fill some of these jobs. And so I kind of agree with his stance, which is maybe not force the four-year degree mentality on all kids and that just realize some of them are going to be more geared towards this. And so I feel like trade education is something that America needs to look at and, and get serious about. Yeah, I don't know why that has to get into like hot take fill there of like, yeah, there's certainly going to be other options. Um, worth noting that, you know, if you want to increase the likelihood that you're going to be successful in life, a college degree is not a bad idea. It's not going to hurt you. Any. So, so like, well, no, that's not true because it's hurt plenty of people. Well, the uh, money that you'll owe, you know, you, you, you but walk, nobody's ever going to interview you for a job and go, well, you went to college. No, thanks. You, you walk into, you walk into life, you know, $60,000 of debt at age 23. That's a tough place to be. That really is. And I understand why not every person feels the desire or the want, or if it would even make sense for them to be in that predicament. Um, I just have a hard time telling somebody like, nah, it's going to be the wrong call for you. When at the end of the day, I know for a fact that a college degree is going to help you. It will more often than not, it will help you, but it is not the right call for everybody. Of course not. And I, 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 I think it's, it's not like, what do I want to say here? It's not like, Anybody saying like, nope, dude, you just get your GED and you're going to be fine for the rest of your life. Of course, there's going to either have to be some sort of job training or some sort of like formal education, whether it's at a community college or a university or a private college. But like, I I, I, I don't think I don't think anybody's just saying like, well, you've got out of high school. That's enough. So like, yeah, there's there should be some sort of education. Now we can debate on whether it's that 40 year or whether it's you going to like a welding apprentice program and you as an individual are going to be the one who's able to tell, well, should I go to a four year university or should I be involved in some sort of job training? Like, yeah, I, I we, we're talking about the same thing. I feel like. I, I also think parents need to weigh in here. And, and get serious about your kids. And I'll tell you a story about a guy I know. And I was hanging out at his house, and he's got two kids. And I think they're like 9 and 13. And one of his kids is like next level smart. And he says to me all the time, he's like, that kid's either going to MIT or he's going into a clock tower. He's going to start picking people off. It's one of the two, right? But he says, he's like, but then my other kid, he's like, I'm not sure college is the right thing. And I think if that's part of the problem in this, though, is that I don't I think a lot of parents have a hard time being real about their kids like that, where 
everybody thinks their kid is the most special thing to hit the planet, where in reality, maybe you should be guiding your kids towards a more realistic view over what it is they they can do versus telling them in eighth grade, study so you can go to college, otherwise you're never going to be anything. You know what I mean? Like that maybe, dude, you as a parent can kind of spot it in your kid that, you know what, four years of college and that kind of job isn't really what you should be thinking about. Let's get you, let's start moving you towards this path. Especially since you're going to be the one that's on the hook for that Pain. bill. I mean, yeah, you definitely do need to look down the field as a parent. Um, I, 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 I don't want parents to start getting in the habit of like, ah, dude, my kid's dumb in the fifth grade. Pff, not even going to be worth it. No, that's fair too. You got to let, you got to let things play out. But like, I've always said this about my father. My dad didn't sell me this lie. I could do anything I wanted. That whole, you can be anything you want. Daniel was never told that my dad set me up for the world very early in life. Dan, the world is out to the world's out against you. Nobody's out to help you. You will ultimately have to rely on yourself 85% of the time to get anything done and that you can't do anything you want to do. There's going to be about 25 things you can do. Find something you like and that you are good at, that you are better than your friends at, and work relentlessly and tirelessly at it. That's how I was raised. Now, that's probably a little too on the nose for, for, for your child's education at the bedside. That's probably a little too on the nose. But I will say... I'm sitting where I want to sit. Yes, I will. I will say about you, though, one of the things that I think that you hold against yourself is you don't have a college education, though. And I feel like I don't like that. I, I know you don't. Like, I don't like that. I, 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 I feel like that's a little bit of, you know, the expectations of yourself. That's a little bit of the expectations of society right there. And that's probably a little bit of. Uh, how do I want to say this? The frustration of like, well, why didn't I get further ahead? Yes, you and I sit where we want to sit right now. And yes, but there is a little bit of like, well, if I would have taken another route in life, would I have ended up somewhere better? And there's always going to be that fear of I didn't I didn't take that path. And what would have happened if I would have taken that path? I don't have the what if and where I would have gone because there is no better place for me to be. Getting paid to to pass out my opinion to a large group of people is what I want to do. It's what I've always wanted to do. And entertaining people is what I've always, since very early on in my life. So I don't think I would have ended up anywhere better. But that's me. We're talking one person there. Right. But I think there are, you can notice, I mean, all right, how do I want to say this? Go back to 10th grade. I'm willing to bet if you, if I, if I asked you about people you knew in 10th grade, if you looked around the classroom and thought, going to be nothing, going to be nothing, going to be nothing, you probably nailed a few of those, right? Of course. Right? Yeah, I'm sure there's some I'd missed on, though. It's sure that you missed on. And I don't mean to say nothing, but, and then, there were, you know what, I'll, I'll change it. Then there's some other people you looked at in the class and went, you're probably going to, to a four-year degree and probably going to run the earth, and then you're probably going to be middle management. There's nothing wrong with middle management. It's just, you're just not meant to be the CEO. There's nothing wrong with middle management. My boss makes a great living at middle management. Could never be the CEO of this company. But he makes a great living at middle management. I think a part of that fear is, though, is, well, how did your boss get there? It wasn't just via hard work. It's because he decided to educate you know, himself. Like That's a part of the equation there. And I don't mean to bring it back to the last conversation we had, but I think the same rule applies here. There's no one silver bullet. We can act like education is the one silver bullet, or hard work is the one silver bullet, or opportunity is the one. But it's going to have to be a combination of all things there. So you need to diversify who you are as a person so that you can have a better shot at succeeding at any one of those given opportunities that you have in front of yourself. The more things you're involved in, the more opportunity you'll have. And so I believe that expanding 
trade education in high schools is probably a good idea. I, I really do think it is. Heather actually tweeted in and says here, I work at a career tech high school and we have the same problem. There's too many jobs, not not enough qualified kids are coming out of there. They either don't have the grades or don't want to show up on time or have discipline problems. People often, often lack the soft skills, showing up, following dress codes, having the right attitude, et cetera. We work on that at school, but obviously a lot of that has to, I'm going to paraphrase here for her, obviously a lot of that part has to end, has to start at home. Now my buddy who is a machinist says here, he's like, dude, he's like, you get paid while you're learning a skilled trade. And that dude, my buddy who's a machinist makes a really good living doing that. Like really good. Like to the point to where I was like, maybe I should get out of this and, and go do that. Well, I mean, that's, that's kind of the point that I was trying to make is that you, you are going to have that like, well, what if I would have went to trade school? What if I would have went to that four year degree? What if, you know, there's just so many different paths you can take here. And I guess part of the problem is there's no set one desk or one set destination where we're like, all right, that's success. Everybody's going to have a different level of like, well, what do I want out of life? What do I kind of, what am I, what, what are the goals that I'm shooting towards here? So, I mean, I'm sure there's some people right now who, you know, went to a four year college and things turned out okay for them. And it's like, like, no, dude, I wouldn't trade that for the world. Or I'm sure there's just as many who have some degree that they're like, God damn. Oh, I know a ton of people who have a degree that don't use it, that are working in a field they didn't get their degree in. For that, that is but, true. But I mean, but again, did you pick the right thing to get your degree in? And, and regardless of that, I, I can't tell you how I mean, many times. liberal arts isn't going to do much. I can't tell you how many times in between radio jobs or whatever, where I've been like, dude, you have to go find another job. And I couldn't apply for a job because it's like a bachelor's degree is required. And it's not even like anything specific. It's not like you have to have a bachelor's in science or a bachelor's in this. Right. It's just, you have to have something that shows us that you for four years dedicated yourself to something that you could wake up, be in the same place every day and take tests. Now, yes. I would like to, I would like to say that like, well, my career has shown you that I can point to, you know, a hundred different jobs, but that's not what they're looking for. That's not what they're looking for. A lot of times it's not what they're looking for. I just, think I do believe that what Mike Rowe is saying here is true. I agree. I believe that what we have told people is, is that if you don't get a four-year degree, you're not going to be a success. And with that, Mike Rowe, stop bitching about mud on jeans and stop bitching about monopoly pieces. And these points that you're validly making, I can give a little bit more credit to. Quick, quick complaining about every other thing on the face of the planet. When you're the boy that cried wolf, when you make a really good argument, it tends not to be paid attention to. You're a little bit of a snowflake. You're a little because you got your butt hurt over over monopoly pieces and mud on fake mud on jeans. You know what, dude? I'm gonna try not to get angry at you, but when my boy Mike Rowe kicks your boy <laughs> the rocks ass in the you know and SmackDown for the country, when Mike Rowe wins that, I. I cannot wait to laugh in your face when Dirty Jobs Boy, you know, suplexes the rock for the country. Fantone hates the idea of that happening. I'm telling you, bro, it's micro V the rock country up for grabs. Up for grabs next is Incubus tickets. We'll pass those out on Rock 106.9. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sansbury Show. Rock 106.9. We have Incubus tickets. We'll pass those out here momentarily. 1-800-243-7625. The number you will need on those. Um, I'm hearing that a Cleveland officer has been taken to the hospital. He may have had a uh, an exposure to fentanyl. So I'm just going to guess that people hope he gets Narcan. I hope his partner has some Narcan. I do. I'm just going to guess. We got into that conversation about Narcan and the issues facing this area about the drug problem. If you missed that, you'll be able to podcast it at 10 a.m. Pretty much uh, spent the entire 7 o'clock hour on it. Got a little heated at points, but I feel like good points were raised by all, not only us, but some of the listeners as well. You missed that conversation? It'll be available 
shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK.com. I'm reading now, however, an article I'm not sure I read, or believe, rather. All right. Uh, these are supposedly nine things that guys are afraid to ask their partners for uh, in the bedroom. Okie dokie. Uh, one guy says here, I've always wanted to tie a girl up, but I'm worried about asking for that. I watch a lot of Law & Order. I know how wrong that can go. It's Bill, all of 21 years of age there. Uh, yeah, you know, asking people whether or not they want to be restrained can be a little intimidating, I guess is probably the right word. You're not going to make that happen on your first night out with somebody, but you can walk up that ladder. I mean, you know, there's little steps along the way that kind of like, okay, you're into this too. Okay, that's acceptable. So just don't try to like throw her down on some bondage gear first time out, but just keep playing your cards and you, you can make that happen. Or what I would suggest you do is whatever you want somebody to do, whatever you want to do to somebody, offer to let them do it to you is say, you know, how about tie me up? And then you'll get her reaction on such activity in the bedroom. But then you'll still look like a weirdo because you want to get tied up. If anything, you might look like more of a weirdo as the dude. Well, I mean, there are plenty of people to have sex with. Well, you yeah, know, yeah, I mean, you have plenty you know of fish I mean? in the sea, correct. Uh, another guy here, Grant25, says threesomes. I wouldn't want to hurt her feelings and have her interpret it like, oh, you don't like me. I'm not enough for you. You need more. Here's what I'll tell guys about threesomes. Every guy has a fantasy about having a threesome. All right? But unless your desire to do it goes past the regular infatuation with two women, leave it alone. It's only going to get messy. Most women are, are going to be offended by it, and they should be, because most chicks aren't porn stars. It's just not the reality of most people's sex lives that there's going to be four of you in the bed banging it out. A big old headache is what you're going to have on your hands there. And here's the thing is, like, you know your partner. If your wife is or your girlfriend is going to be down to have a threesome, you've known that for quite some time. Like it's not that that's if you're just trying to like throw yourself into those waters, it's not going to go well. Every girl I've ever dated, I would have been able to tell you within a month whether or not she would sleep with a woman. Right? Is this going to be the kind of chick that wants to do this or not? Right. And 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 if she's not, and you're like, no, I have to have a threesome, break up with her, dude. That's what I'm saying. If 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 multi partner sex is something that you know that you're going to have to have in order to be a happy, fulfilled person, then you got to get out of that relationship. But if it's just general curiosity about what it might be like to sleep with two women, just stay in your relationship and don't blow it up over some stupid, idiotic male right. fantasy that's never going to go as well as you think it's no, going to go. No, no, Trust no, no, That's no, coming not. from two guys that have done it and it did not go as well. as dude. There's a reason why porn has a director. So he can yell cut and they can take a break and do and get it done properly it doesn't look the way it looks on film it just doesn't now i will say it was awesome and i probably would not turn down another but if it's unless it's going past general curiosity i really wouldn't force the issue yeah trying to talk her into something like that's a bad idea um sam 29 years old says i don't want to have to ask to cuddle don't laugh at me i think some girls assume guys don't want to cuddle after sex so they don't he says, but we're, you know, as a man, we can't ask you for that, but I want to be, I want to be cuddled. You shouldn't have to ask your partner to cuddle, in my opinion. Like, if you are the type of person who's into that affection right afterwards, and there's nothing wrong with you, if you are, dude, you just were having sex with somebody, the most intimate thing you can yeah, do. Yeah, that's a connection. It, 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 you shouldn't have to ask that. If, you're, if, you're, if you need that, and your partner pushes you away, and the chick's like, oh, don't do that to me, or the guy's like, oh, don't do that to me, then that's not the right partner for you. 
A guy says here, I wish I could ask for oral sex without asking like I was feeling to be, you know, specially serviced and, you know, feels like it's going to be a weird yeah. conversation. The the inconvenience, if you feel like you're inconveniencing them, if they're like, oh, then, yeah, that sucks. It is a tough thing to ask for. It's 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 not the easiest thing to ask for. Well, this this is your partner should have some respect and 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 understand that they're going to have to sacrifice for you. If you're all about that life, if that's the thing that you really really want, then she's going to have to recognize that. Like, all right, this is what makes him happy, and maybe it's not my favorite thing to do, but maybe I should you know sacrifice a little bit of my happiness for his overall you know desire. There, I would also tell you that if you're having problems asking people that you're having sex with to do things sexually that that is a bigger problem in your relationship yeah is that you don't feel comfortable opening up with that person so what are you doing putting your penis anywhere near them i would say the exact same thing about if you feel uncomfortable saying no to them you know what i mean there's more there's, importantly there's lines on both sides there where it's like you have to be yeah. able to ask because if you say no you're worried this whole thing's gonna blow up in your face or you're going to end up doing something that you did not want to do and then you're gonna be like oh my god i can't believe him i can't believe he made me have a threesome i can't believe exactly I did that. Right. and sexual regret is strong very strong. if you wake up in the morning and you're embarrassed or you regret what <sighs> you have done last night a lot of times it dude that that ends in rape allegations a lot of times that ends in you know fights or you know violence or this kind of thing. So yeah, be open and honest about what it is you're looking for and what it is you're not looking for. Another one of these things here, and this is what makes me not believe this at all, is a guy says here, and I just don't think guys talk like this, which is what makes me think an 18-year-old blogger wrote this and is passing it off as a real comment. I've always wanted to have sex with a girl between her boobs, but I don't know how to ask her. First of all, no guy says it like that. No guy on the hunt no. is saying sex between her boobs. Nobody is saying that. Uh, no. You'd have I, to be 10. Uh, awkwardly worded there. I mean. That's why I don't buy it. Yeah, but I, I, I think that's something that guys might have an issue like. She's not just going to offer that. Probably not. You know what I mean? You have to cross that bridge with her. So I, I understand why you might have. I a mean, a lot asking. of them will get real. Again, they'll they'll get they'll get to that portion. You know, a lot during the oral. You know, a portion of your evening. A lot of them will just do that. But if it's something that you want, I, I guess ask her. I will say that that's always been a little weird too, because. Much like somebody performing oral sex on you, it's like asking for something like that has always been a little bit of a problem for me because you're not getting anything out of it. I'm the only one getting anything out of that. And I am probably more likely and easier to ask for something that we're both going to do together and enjoy together than I am for, let me just ask for this thing that is solely based all around me out of fear of being looking like I'm selfish. I I would I, I understand the hesitation there. I absolutely get that, but I just don't believe a grown man, thirty three year old thirty three years old, wrote, I wanna have a sex with girls between their boobs. A guy didn't write that. A 19-year-old blogger wrote that. Probably a female trying to pass itself off as a guy. I don't buy that for one single second. It's National This Food Day again, of course, because it's a day in America. We got we got to give every day its own thing. But apparently it's National Hot Dog Day, and I want to find the best hot dog in Star County. We'll look together next on Rock 106.9. Dan Stansbury. Matt Fantone. Just kiss your fruit cakes. The Stansbury Show. Chilling in the studs with my dudes.
on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Sansbury here for the Wacom Auto Family. Whether you're looking for a certified pre-owned or new car, Wacom is the place you need to be checking out. You can do so in person at the Wacom Auto Mile, West Tuscan Lincoln Way between Canton and Maslin, or do what I did, start online at Wacom.com. If you're in the market for a new car, let's check out Wacom Mitsubishi. As right now, they have the 2017 Mitsubishi Outlander that was voted the most affordable third row SUV. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Sands Ray Show, Rock 1069. We'll pass out those Incubus tickets here. 1-800-243-7625, the number you'll need on those. We'll do that here momentarily. You know, I I guess I'm as guilty as any other American. I get so annoyed about this kind of stuff, but yet anytime it's like National Eat This Day, I'm like, well, yeah, it's food. I want to do that. You know what I mean? Like, I know I make fun of you guys for posting memes about getting your heart broken by some girl or whatever and all that stuff. And it is. It's all silly. And, you know, the National Day thing is kind of silly. But I am very passionate about the food products. And apparently today is National Hot Dog Day. And I love the hot dogs. I feel like it's a little short-sighted that it's not the 4th of July when we're all just consuming hot dogs. and Maybe a little too on the nose there. Feel like it's pretty appropriate on the nose, dude. They have the hot dog eating contest, but if today's the day, I guess you got to spread the wealth around a little bit when it comes to the Frankfurters. You know? Yeah, I mean, if you're the hot dog people, you know people are buying hot dogs around the Fourth of yeah. July. You know what I mean? So, like, yeah. but again, you're two weeks out. Yeah, you're two weeks out. That right. doesn't make a whole. Lot. I mean, if you were doing this, maybe in September or whatever, yeah. then I could be like, okay, yeah, I can understand that. But it made me think about this because I've lived here about three years now, and. I don't know who has the best hot dog here. I don't know who has the best wings or the best burger or this and that, but but I do know, like, all right, if I want a burger, I can think about that. I'd go there or I'd go here or go there. Wings, I'll go here or I'll go there. But, like, if I wanted to go, like, when we're done today, and I will, when we're done today, I'm going to go, you know what's National Hot Dog Day? I want a hot dog. And I would be confused about where to go. Like, I don't know. off the t- Now, Arcade Coney's right downtown is pretty good. Yep. It's pretty good right there by the courthouse. That's pretty good. So I guess that's probably where it'll be because it's walking distance from the house. And actually, you know what? When I first moved here, those ladies were really nice to me and uh, and helped me out one oh, afternoon. Yeah. So I so I like throwing them business. Oh, yeah. I forgot about that. Uh, I, I had walked in there and only had a debit card. And um, I had ordered a bunch of food, and obviously. And uh, I said, oh, my God, I didn't realize you guys were only cash. I'll be right back. And the woman said to me, she's like, she's like your food's hot. Sit down, relax, and eat. She's like, then go to the ATM machine. I was sitting in there in a black T-shirt and a pair of ripped jeans, looked homeless, for Christ's sake. And the woman still let me do that. And I was like, you know what? That's why I like supporting your business. You're decent people. I like doing that. So they're very good, obviously. Okay. But between here and my home, I don't know where I would do that. So I did a quick Google search the way we all do everything. Mm -hmm. And I just typed in the best hot dogs in Stark County. Gave, Gave myself the whole county here. And a lot of this stuff, well, surprisingly, is not in Star County. Some of it is, some of it's not. But I've never been to this restaurant, and I didn't know that they would serve hot dogs. But Lobster Louie's sells hot dogs? I didn't know that. Not that I'm aware of. Okay, so this is probably just Yelp not giving me the proper information. Probably. I wouldn't think that a seafood place had too uh, too much of a hot dog I wouldn't think. There. 
Dog Days Gourmet Hot Dogs is is one of these on the list. That's obviously they're going to sell hot dogs. I've never been. And that's, I was going to say, the place that I was going to recommend to use Dog Days. Okay. Uh, it's on Fulton right there. Pretty easy to find. And, I mean, it delivers exactly what you want. Like, if you want to go get a chili cheese dog, that's uh, one hell of a good one right there. So Dog Days, definitely well worth checking out. Uh, I have had uh, some hot dogs from Milk and Honey. That place is very good. Milk and Honey's would be another uh, good choice. I was going to say Milk and Honey or a place like Heggie's on Tusk right there. Yeah, Heggie's is good. A- anything that, you know, kind of has that like old, old soda fountain shopish. Yep, you're going to be able to get a decent hot dog there. JD's Classic Hot Dogs, Navarro Road, Southwest, Canton, yep. Ohio there. I've never been. I um I've had food from there. I've never been to that establishment, but they've brought in food to another place where I worked, so I I if I remember Ooh. correctly, it was pretty good. I remember correctly. Oh, I'll try that. Country Cones, they say here, is like, I guess, another ice cream shop that will sell hot dogs and stuff on Middle Branch. I've never been there either. Um, people are telling me Sonic. Well, yeah, I mean, yeah, yes, I've yeah, been yeah, to a Sonic. Sonic. Burger you know King's I mean? got hot dogs now, Yeah, too. Burger King has hot dogs, too. Um, I'm hearing this is, I, I do want to try this. House of Dogs at the entrance of the Home Depot in Belden? Oh, I know Portage exactly. Gen? I know exactly what that is. That's, never been. It's just like it's like a food stand outside of a Home Depot. So when pe- when dudes oh. are coming out with their like you know concrete and their in their in their you know whatever out of Home Depot, you can get lunch right there, and it is pretty good. I actually have eaten there before. Is that right? Just sitting there eating hot dogs in a parking lot of a Home Depot. Yeah, Joe. Uh, <laughs> Joe tweeted that and was like, "Dude, you gotta you gotta try it's that." Good. Um, and, and our good buddy Dustin, Browns fan Dustin. Uh, he says Harmons, and I would okay. believe that because I've never had anything from Harmons I did not like. Their food is very good there. Now, when it comes to a hot dog, and you know if Stansberry's going out there and 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 trying to put down some some Frankfurters, uh, what's your what's your what's your toppings? What do you put on them? Well, it all depends. There, I uh, I, uh, I I I like a good dog, which is little you know a little ketchup and mustard and you know some onions there. That's you know that's delicious. Uh, Chicago style dog is fantastic. Um, a little, little, you know, depending on what type of dog you have, a little sauerkraut wouldn't be the worst thing in the world there. A little coleslaw, French fries, hot sauce there, go Clevelander there. Yeah, like that. There's a lot of different options. Obviously, you know, in any of these places, I dog, like them all, dog Days has like, you know, the West Virginia style, the blah, blah, blah style. Um, but as far as Chicago and hot dogs go, dude, you guys need to get over yourself with uh, that lack of ketchup. Oh, you can't use ketchup. Shut up, dude. The rest of the country does it. And just because you're from Chicago doesn't give you this like superpower over what the rest of us are going to consume. Just shut up. Oh, the, the hot dog places in Chicago are so good. Legit. But this whole, like, oh, it's sacrilege if you put ketchup on a hot dog. Shut up. Uh, what was it? Was it American Dog? I think I was around the corner from my hotel when I was interviewing for a job there. And um, they did not have ketchup in the restaurant. Like, you could not get it in the restaurant anywhere. They would not give it to you. Get over yourself. That, to me, seems short-sighted. Let people yeah. eat the way get they want to eat. I'm hearing Three Brothers in Jackson is pretty good. Dog Dave's of Summer, pretty good. I got to try all these places out. I um I love the hot dog. And like I said, I wouldn't know automatically, like, okay, yes, you know, uh, try this or try that or, you know what I mean, this and that. It's a, it, I have told people since moving here that I believe that this is one of the food items because Canton does food well. Like, you want to get fat, this is where you live. Like, we got all the restaurants you need. But I have always said that I felt like the hot dog thing has been a little underserviced and under a little offered to this community. As a matter of fact, I was talking to a buddy of mine about maybe starting a business to do it. Because I just felt like there wasn't enough of it. But, uh, you know, now that I'm hearing about these 9,000, it seems like maybe this market's more saturated than I had originally thought. So I'll, uh, but you say Dog Days is pretty good. Really huh? good, yeah. Worth checking out. All right, I'll probably... That'll probably be the first one I try today. 
I uh, it will not be the last. I, I will probably have uh, you know one or two stops on my way home after the program. We have Incubus tickets. They're playing the 25th at Blossom. Let's pass those out. Caller 20 right now, 1-800-243-7625 on those. And we'll start the final hour of the program next on Rock 106. Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. Missed anything from today's program? You'll be able to podcast it right there shortly after 10 a.m. Making what I believe is his third appearance on the program. His friend of the show, in town tomorrow night at the Oracle, Jim Florentine. Buddy, how are you? What's going on, man? How have you been? Good. Everything's good. Uh, well, that's good. We're happy to have you back in Canton. You're uh, performing tomorrow night. Uh, Chad Zumach, part of that b- b- bill, and Kate Quigley, I believe, is also on that as well, right? Yeah, yeah. I'm excited, man. I haven't been to Canton in a while, and, you know, I always like playing Ohio. Yeah, Crowds Ohio- are great. Ohio loves you, man. Uh, They really do. And, uh, you know, make sure you stop by the Hall of Fame when you're here, uh, you know, in town. We're happy to have you. The Oracle's a fantastic venue. I do wanted to talk to you. I I wanted to talk to you a little bit about this to start out. You um, obviously being made famous to the world, really, through that metal show. And I'm reading an article from the New York Daily News, and you can kind of, I, I don't know, you know how credible you know, they are, but they have uh, information here that says hip-hop has now dethroned rock as the most consumed music genre in the United States. You buy that? Absolutely. Okay. <laughs> okay. Why do you think that is? Because, you know, people don't care about rock music anymore. It's, I it's, would agree. It's, you know, people still go to shows and stuff. My nephew is in... He went to two different high schools. He switched high schools because no one was into rock music. Like, there was one kid in one high school, and he went to another one. There was two kids in the whole high school. Wow, that's sad. I know, because it's like, you know, when I was growing up, like, if ACDC played, half the class went to the show, and the next day they were all wearing a, the concert shirts in class the next day. Like, you, half the class went together. We took the train together and stuff like that. It's just not like that anymore. You know, it's just, I could see, you know, hip-hop and, and rap, they used to steal that music right. a lot. But now people are just paying for it, just streaming it on Spotify or whatever. So that's why it's getting, you know, it, the sales are actually adding up. Because with Spotify, you don't even have to pay to have that service. Or you pay 10 bucks a month or whatever. So every time you stream something, it counts towards actual listen and a sale and all that stuff. If you stream right. like 30, 30 times equals like one track, bought one track or something like that. How do I, I don't know how they work it out, but... I could definitely see that happening. You know, look, those hip-hop you know, acts, besides the big ones like Rihanna and Drake and stuff like that, they're not selling out 17,000 seats like right. a Black Sabbath, like an Iron Maiden that are still torn and Slipknot and stuff like that. But, you know, people listen to their music. Do you feel like that's a shift of society because of technology and maybe just a, a changing of the times? Or do you feel like that rock music has kind of dropped the ball a little bit there? No, it's, I, um, I think it's a change in the times. I think, you know, music is disposable now. It doesn't really matter. So no one really, not a lot of young people have a passion for music. So that's why they listen to just like, you know, a great cell phone song 17 times in a row. I also think part of it, Jim, as we're talking to Jim Florentine, who's in town tomorrow night at the Oracle performing, I, I really think part of it is this, too, is that the way hip-hop music is made is is very computer-based and I think young kids can get into it and experiment with it easier than you could taking guitar lessons and learning how to play the guitar, right? I mean, because it's kind of like formulaic, that stuff, and it's like layered, and it's just you know taking one program and putting it on top of another. And I think they can experiment with it in their bedroom easier than you can learning the drums. And I would imagine that that's part of it, right? No, that's, that's a good point. I never thought of that. Absolutely. That definitely could be it. Look, 
you know, Mike's oldie has been taking music lessons for two and a half years now, you know, and it's like sometimes he gets bored with it. Right. And when you got a lot of other distractions, you know, we used to never have distractions. So right. when you don't have any, when you have a ton of distractions, you an iPad in front of your phone, you got a lot of other options than to go to drum lessons and, and practice the drums in your basement for two hours. That's absolutely true. As we're talking to Jim Florentine, he'll be at the Oracle tomorrow night with Chad Zumak and Kate Quigley. I want to talk to you quickly about this. Um, you're a comedian. You've been on the road forever. Uh, you've, you've done some TV, and um, the world is in a very weird place with comedians. Are you currently typing out the tweet that will end your career? <laughs> <laughs> like, do you, do you, do you, you know, are you worried about that? Like, are you worried about like how this stuff lands via social media v- v- with what you say and the like? The one good thing about not having a TV show anymore because that metal show got canceled like a year ago. Yeah, is they 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 can't take anything away from me. Right. At this moment, so I can't get fired if I put a, a racist tweet out there and I was still on that metal show and it, it caught wind and caught fire. Um, you know, you know, host of that metal show says this or whatever, right. and then VH1 go up. Oh, we got to get ready. There's too much heat. I got nothing. Were you going to take my podcast? I own it. Am I going to suspend myself? That is one nice thing about being a comedian and not working for a company, huh? Well, that's what you know. That happened, what happened with Adam Carolla. He made fun of the transgenders um, like a couple years ago, and they were like trying to stir up some crap. And he's like, "All right, what are you going to do? You're going to take my my podcast away? I own my podcast. It's my network." And I do, you know, dot com commercials, you know, you know, some like recruiter dot com on my right. podcast. They're not going to, they don't care about what I, what I said. Right. So they I couldn't mean, do anything. That is true. I, I will say about the stand up comedian that the, the power is kind of in your hands when it comes to that. It just seems like, you know, it, it, I, I believe it was Joe, uh, Joe Rogan the other day said he won't play colleges anymore. He just feels like that audience hasn't had enough life experience to really understand that he's joking about this stuff versus saying this is what my opinion is. Do you share that? No, absolutely. I mean, colleges have always been like that. I, you know, I rarely I played colleges when I first started about three, four years into the business. I played a little while. They're great money, right? And that's why you do them. But there, I remember in what was it, 1995? I think it was my first college I ever did. And I said the word chick, like, uh, I said the word chick at a joke, like, because I used to have long hair, and I said, a cop pulled me over, and he came up to the window, he goes, you know, I pulled you over, I go, because I look like a chick, <laughs> and he let me go, and that was the joke, and they, yeah. they withheld my pay, because wow. they said I was sexist, because I said the word chick. Wow. And this was in 1995. Dear God. That's going yeah, way so, back. I know, so it took me like two months to get the money, they were busting my agent's balls over, and he's like, dude, you got to calm down your act, I go, calm down, because I said... Because I look because I said if I look like a woman is it's not funny. The word chick is funny. That's why I use right. the word or whatever. So I mean, even then, and I did you know a couple more years of college. I haven't done a college, and I've done like one college in the last fifteen years. I won't do them either. Wow, that's I mean, it's just interesting to hear that. Now I wanted to say I can't believe the PC thing's been running out of control that long. But the Jeremy Piven movie PCU came out around right. there, around ninety four, ninety five. Sure. It's amazing how people thought that was like ultra PC culture compared to where we are now. It's just I, you know every time I interview a comedian, I'm very interested in that because you know I do a live radio show. You know a lot of guys in the radio business. I realize every day when I wake up, I'm one sentence away from my career never being able to be resurrected. And I gotta be honest with you, it's a nervous feeling doing this any for a living anymore it's very nice it's, it's funny because I, I sometimes i'll do something when i'm on, on stage and the crowd will get a little uneasy i'm like all right listen we're not at work no one's gonna get fired for laughing at this no right. one knows each other in here you know what i mean like you're you're 
colleagues aren't here. I'm the one saying this. I got the gig, so I'm not getting fired. So let everybody relax. Because everybody's all just programmed. They go, oh, my God, that's terrible. I can't believe he said that. You know what I mean? So I'm like, just when you're in a comedy club, let that go. It is where we were supposed to go to kind of be able to, like, throw our hair back and kind of, like, enjoy things. You are right about that. Nowadays, you're looking over your shoulder, making sure you're right, that your boss right. isn't sitting there, like, watching you laugh or anything like that. Or that, that my neighbor's and, reporting me on Instagram right, for it. Right, right. You know, parent-shaming you or laugh-shaming you or whatever. Live video of patron laughing at insensitive joke. Now, given all these things and given this, you know, sensitive time that we live in, do you, as a comedian, feel like a, a responsibility almost to push things a little bit harder to to, to kind of counterbalance that yes i i i've always tried to push it you know and and uh just to see how far you can go and just you know make the audience uncomfortable i like doing that you know because you don't know if it's going to land or not you don't know how they're going to take it i i've always felt like a very good stand-up comedian's job is to push the envelope and um, stand-up comedians are one of those jobs that people don't understand how smart those people are. And I've said, I said it, I believe it's just this week on the show, that I don't think you can be hilarious without being somewhat intelligent. I think there's something to that. Um, I mean, you could be a fall-down prop comic, but I, I don't think you could be a, a one-line kind of guy unless you're a little witty. And I feel like it's your guys' job to push us socially, to push the issues, to, to joke about you know things that are sensitive, to make us look at things in a different way. And I guess I just want more of the audience to look at the world through my lens the way I guess most people probably feel that way. As Jim Florentine in town tomorrow night at the Oracle, uh, Chad Zumach, part of that, Kate Quigley as well, and I believe Kate's actually going to join us tomorrow morning, 9 o'clock on the program as well. Do you know Kate's what- great. Kate, I just met Kate last week in L.A., and she pushes the envelope on stage. She's great. I know she- She's from from Canton. Yeah, she's from right here. She's hilarious, and she's very easy to look at as well. So I'm sure people will enjoy that. Do you know where people can get tickets for your show at the at the Oracle tomorrow? I don't know. (laughs) Probably at the door. I love it. Uh, I I love you, dude. No, I know. Yeah, it's a small theater and stuff like that. I know a lot of tickets are sold, but it's um, intimate. Yeah, I'm I'm looking forward to it. It's going to be great. Yeah, it's you know it's a great venue. We love it there. Um, and we, you know, we're huge fans of you. We've had you on multiple times. Let me ask you this before I let you go. Um, the world is, uh, well, the country anyway, is in upheaval. Where, where do you feel like where we are right now in this, in this presidential run of Donald Trump? Where do you feel like we are? Well, you know, look, whether you like the guy or not, you got to give him time and see what he could do. You know what I mean? That, you know, a lot of people did like Obama when the first went in office. It's like, all right, well, what, you know, the people that didn't like him, like, all right, well, I guess I got to go back to work. I'm not happy about it. You know, let's just say. Yeah. But, you know, I don't know. You know, we'll see where it's going to go. I think, you know, the news, over, you know, is just completely overblows every story. Yeah, you you got, you got to wait like three days to find out if the story is even true anymore. That is a scary like, thing. Yes. You know what I mean? Like that when that when that um, senator guy got shot, that Republican, when they're playing like a softball, they're yeah. practicing. Yeah. Yeah. And then Trump, Trump and his wife went to the hospital that night to visit him. Yeah, you know what I mean to see how he was, and and then CNN's reporting. Oh, Trump didn't even go in the room. He just showed up at the hospital. He didn't even go in the room, and he went in the room. And so, like that, that was reported. And like, like, wow, that's pretty messed up. Why would he? Would he just do that for a photo op? But meanwhile, he was in the room. He was talking to him. He was talking to his wife and all that stuff. It's just like so. You have to wait like three days later to find out if the stuff is true. So I try to avoid it at this point. It's such overkill. It's not part of your act. <clears throat> no, because I think the audience is really. <laughs> really just tired of it. You bring up stuff like that, like, oh, you, I, you just hear the groan, like, come on. Every every time you walk into any place, any business with a TV, CNN is on, Russia, 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 you know what I mean? 
Fox yeah. News or wherever, whatever's on the TV. So people are just like, please, just give me. That's why ESPN went down the tubes. You think so? You know, because they started, yeah, they started doing the political stuff, and people like, I just want my sports here. Caitlyn Jenner shouldn't get, you know, uh, whatever, whatever, whatever award she got for the ESPN last year for the ESPYS. Woman of the Year. Right? I mean, What's it was, that? I mean, it was Woman of the Year she got. Yeah, yeah, like, woman, yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, Woman of the Year when that other woman had cancer that was in the Olympics and won a gold medal or whatever. It's like, get out. So, you know, when people see that, like, you got to be joking. You know, they're just doing that for publicity. I go, we're going to be politically correct. Caitlyn Jenner's a woman now, wants to be a woman, so she's going to get Woman of the Year. Stop with that. And, you know, I think when people come to a comedy club, it's not, you know, look, some people can do it in a real smart way. I just don't feel like. Dealing with it to me, I'm I'm sick of it, so I don't want to do it on stage because I'm going to have to do it every night too. Yeah, I mean, I, I can understand wanting to stay away from it, and I'm sure there are a portion of the ticket buying audience that's like, you know what? I hear this from everywhere. I just want to laugh about stuff, and so like, talk to me about anything else. I could I could see that. I could okay, absolutely. Okay, but you, think about it. Like, okay, so basically, Trump Trump is crazy. That's the joke. What did okay? What did he do? You know, something that he did three months ago. You don't even remember because he's done a, a, a million other things since then. I mean, that you know is, what I mean. So you go. Remember when he tweeted about Rosie O'Donnell? Like, oh wait, yeah. Oh, that was like seven hundred and sixty-two other things he did after that. Oh yeah, I kind of remember that. That so it's is not true. one specific thing. It, it, it is kind of hard to keep up with. Um, I'm sure you've met Kid Rock in your travels. I'm sure you've heard he's going to run for Senate. If you could vote in Michigan, would you vote for Kid Rock? Absolutely. <laughs> the Amer- Absolutely. The American badass senator. You're not worried about celebrities uh, you know, overtaking serious political positions? No, because what, what have they done so far to the politicians? Yeah, I guess, I mean, you know, there is an You know argument. what I mean? Like, have they, have, they do, have they been doing an amazing job? <laughs> I mean, you could make the argument, and I'm sure this is your argument, that if they were doing a good job, nobody would consider Kid Rock, right? That's essentially Exactly, yeah. People are just tired of it. They saw what Trump could do. But look, why not give me a chance? You know, he went into, like, the, you know, Detroit and stuff like that and the ghettos and stuff like that. He goes, why not give me a chance? What have the Democrats done for you guys the last 30 years? What has Hillary done? Hillary just talks crap. What has she done? Let me give me a shot. Okay. All you know, right. and that's why it's a black, some black people voted for him. Like, you know what? This guy makes sense. It, uh, it, you know, I, I'll be honest, Kid Rock being a senator makes me a little nervous. But Florentine, I think you may have turned me around. Buddy, you're Well, in- look, what, what, look at Al Franken. He was on SNL. He was a comedian. Right. He's, pretty, he's a pretty good senator. Yeah, I graduated from Harvard, though. 25th in his class at Harvard. I mean, that's pretty impressive. <laughs> All right. So, you know, but still, he's Harvard, a comic. Yeah. Ronald Reagan was a good president. He was an actor. I think some people listening to us right now would debate whether or not Ronald Reagan was a great president. I don't think that's the right conversation for you and I to have. But I think yeah, some people, but well, I take your point. I do take your point. I uh, I I just I knew you would have interesting views on this stuff. And you're one of the guys that I've talked to in no, because it's easy to say Kid Rock that you get that's a joke Kid Rock. Right. That's a joke. But what if he gets in you there and I mean? nails it? Right. I mean, I guess I don't know that he wouldn't. I mean, there is a chance. I just knew you would have interesting views and He's probably not, look, he's probably not going to win. You know what I mean? At least you know Trump was a businessman. You know what I mean? He's got you know he's like a, you know he's like a WWF wrestler. He knows how to WWE. He knows how to talk and get a crowd riled up and stuff like that. He does and, you know, know that. He's been wheeling and dealing for years, so he he, know you know that. he can appeal to the public. I don't know if Kid Rock can. You know, with the long hair and the hat and all that stuff. You know, that's that that was part of Trump's appeal. Yeah, I don't know if Kid Rock's got the personality for that. He. 
He's polarizing like Trump is, though, and I and, and I think the cameras will follow him everywhere the way they did Trump. And a lot of people say that's how Trump won, is that there was just so media attention on him that people just, you know, you know gravitated towards that. And I think there could be a Kid Rock factor there. I just well, well Kid Rock's not that out, as out, outspoken as Trump. You know, he'll throw, throw things out there here and there and stuff, but, um, you know, he's not outspoken as Trump. That may be true. There, there. Are I think other- that you know, a lot of people. You know, I live in the middle of New Jersey, and I talk to my neighbors and people around. I'm like, "Hey, man, why not try? Let's let's see a businessman run the country and just see what happens." You know, so that's a lot of people. Why people voted for Trump? They're like, "Let's just." The guy's been in big meetings, done some big deals. You know, put casinos up and buildings and golf courses all around the world. Let's just see what he could do. Maybe he can get in a room with Russia and whoever and other these other countries to work out a and hammer out a deal. That works out. So I think that's a lot of that. That was the appeal of him. Kid Rock, they're going to go, okay, well, I like, you know, the sweet home Alabama mix, but I don't know how he's going to be as his views. Yeah, I, uh, I, you're right. I mean, Trump at least had some like professional experience in like the brokering of deals and the meeting of the minds thing. There, there, there was that aspect there. I'm not sure Kid Rock has that. Jim Florentine in town tomorrow night at the Oracle. You can pick up tickets at the Oracle box office. Jimmy, thank you so much for spending some minutes with us this morning. I appreciate it, buddy. Thanks, man. Thanks for having me on. We'll talk to you again next time. There's Jim Florentine in town at the Oracle tomorrow evening. More Stansbury Show right around the corner. Hang on. Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansbury Show. Rock 106.9. If you missed Jim Florentine on the program, you can podcast that shortly after 10 a.m. That'll be online at WRQK.com. It was a nice little surprise right there. I wasn't uh, exactly sure if that was going to happen, but Jim Florentine. It was something I had scheduled a while ago, and then I had reached out to his people again yesterday and had not heard back. So I I probably did a poor job promoting it all morning because I wasn't sure he was going to do it. And I didn't want to be like, here he comes, here he comes, here he comes. And then fall flat on our face there. But, yeah, I was happy to have Jim on the show. He's been on the program plenty of times. I find him to be very funny. Fantone pointed out an interesting thing, though, where he was talking about his nephew in school and was saying his nephew switched high schools because only one other kid in the high school liked rock music. And Fantone was like, that's a little snowflakey, ain't it? Yeah, I can imagine going to my dad like, Dad, the other kids in school don't like the bands I like. Can I switch schools? My dad would have told me to shut up and go back to school. Yeah, I'm. You know, I was talking about this, you know, earlier in the week that I grew up a huge Kiss fan, and even most of my friends were like, "Dude, what are you doing? Listen to Kiss? This has been over twenty years. What are you doing?" And so, like, nobody liked the music I liked either. Right. I wasn't allowed to skip high school right. because people didn't like the same music. That was pretty interesting. Uh, I knew I knew Florentine would have some interesting views. He always has uh, on the program. That's why I got a little political with him. I, uh, he's always been known to have like a little bit of a weird take, as a lot of those comics do. If you missed that conversation, it's available or will be shortly after 10 a.m. at WRQK. And I think he spoke really well to the same dilemma that we, as in any other real broadcast show or comedian or anybody with a microphone faces of like, well, how do you balance all that? You you, you don't want to ignore stuff, but at the same time, you don't want to hit people over the head with stuff. Or drive people away. Right. So It's It's a high wire act right now. The numbers are in for Game of Thrones Season 7 premiere. Okay. And they did well. Game of Thrones has been for a while now HBO's most successful show, which is saying a lot. HBO has had some great shows. Just off the top of my head, I'll name two that are routinely listed in in like the best TV shows of all time. The Sopranos and The Wire. And both of them were excellent. As a matter of fact, I started rewatching The Wire again this week and I forgot. I was like, man, is the first season of The Wire some of the best television you're ever going to see? I uh, I really enjoyed that first season of that show. But Game of Thrones is pummeling everything. 
it pulled Sunday night a combined 16.1 million viewers. That being combined from like streaming services, HBO, cable customers, and the like. All together in. All in. 16.1 million for the season premiere. Now, what makes this so telling is that the season 6 finale earned a 10.7. They picked up like 6 million viewers to start this season out. I'm not a Game of Thrones dude, so I don't know, but was like... Was game was the final episode of season six like a huge cliffhanger and you didn't know what was going to happen, therefore you had to watch seven because by the time episode ten comes out of season six, you've already you're able to stream those. You know what I mean? Like you've got okay. those open to you. Where it's like if this was a big cliffhanger moment, Game of Thrones is big in the cliffhanger, okay. and that's why I remember I said Monday morning on the program. That's why I feel like a lot of people didn't like it is because you didn't get six episodes released all in one night that you could burn through. Oh, yeah. You got one. You got to wait a week, and now you're unhappy about that because TV, Netflix, Hulu, all these companies have now trained you to stream it. Which it definitely speaks to, uh, you know, the, the How draw. they're going to change how shows are written and produced and all that. It, that. That you as an episode, not as the Super Bowl, not as Game 7 of the NBA Finals, not as a World Series, this is... You have to be here. This is must-see TV, and that does not exist anymore on any capacity. I, any TV show I watch, I'm like, dude, whatever. If I don't see it tonight, I'm not staying up and like ruining a night of sleep. If I don't see it tonight, I'll just watch it tomorrow, where Game of Thrones was enough for a lot of people to be like, nah, I'm going to stay up and watch this live. That's worth something. Game of Thrones toppled themselves. The season six premiere had been HBO's biggest show to date. And then, obviously, the season, uh, the season 7 premiere. And what happened there is people watch this stuff and don't have an HBO contract. And then, like, they watch it through a friend or they pick up the DVDs from somebody. You get caught up in it. And it's like, all right, well, now I'm in the show. Let's order HBO. And I'm just – I'm sure more and more people are coming to their services over the popularity of the program. Definitely. Um and I think you're right. More and more people have streaming services, so it's like eh, HBO Go. That's worth it. Where it's ten bucks a month. So I, I, I you know, people just change how they watch television. Um, and obviously, being on the front end of the season, and what I thought was the final season, which you know you they're, told me apparently is not they're now anymore. doing an eighth season, and apparently all episodes of that will be like feature length long, like two hours long. Interesting to see what the fall off is from episode one to episode two, because there's going to be. I mean, it's just it's inevitable. Um, and I. I wonder, and I know this was like, oh, it wasn't that big of a deal to you, but there was plenty of people I saw social media-wise who With that were, cheering? oh, just furious about it. So, like, I wonder if that'll have any negative impacts on episode two. I would think if they, if, if this were a nightly program, yes. You give people six days in between to, like, get over their anger of it. Yeah. He's not going to be in the next one. Yeah. I'm never watching football ever again because of Colin Kaepernick. Yeah. And then the ratings were the yeah. highest they've ever been after that. So, like, yeah, you are. Yeah, you are going to watch Game of Thrones because even though they put Ed Sheeran in it. Which, by the way, did you see this, too? Ed Sheeran quit Twitter because of that. Yeah, I did see that. Now, I guess there was a story that came out, like, from BuzzFeed, like the 25 tweets Ed Sheeran will delete this week. Right. And people were calling him sexist because he said, you know, he had lost weight and whatever in a tweet. And he's like, I feel like a girl or a God. I sound like a woman or something. And people were like, oh, my God, see, he's secretly sexist. And it's like, no, he's not. He just talks the way people talk. That's the way people say things. But I would imagine it was the Game of Thrones weirdos that like hit him over the head and like, how dare you ruin our show? And I'm a huge fan. But people who hold this show too close to the vest are 
weird. Just like any fanatic. Um, but, and, you know, I, I didn't see the episode, so I can't speak to it. But from what it I've good. understood, it Watched was... It, again it yesterday. Was, it was... It's not like it's not like the Game of Thrones people like stopped what they were doing and went to an Ed Sheeran concert in the middle of medieval times. It was a dude playing an acoustic guitar, correct? Not even. So like, what are we what are we so upset about? What's he playing like a mandolin or something? I'm pretty. Or? Yeah, I, I I don't even think. What, <laughs> what are you God, so pissed I, about? Why can't I remember? Was he even playing the instrument? Oh, I think he was just sitting around there. Yeah, I think there might have been something like that, and they were just sitting around harmonizing. You, I mean, it <laughs> felt pushed. I'm not going to lie. It felt pushed, but I, from what I understand is that the one girl in the show, Maisie, the girl that plays Arya Stark, actually my favorite character, is a, either a huge Ed Sheeran fan or their buddies or something, and she kind of asked for a favor, and they did it for her. If 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 Ed Sheeran is the thing that takes you out of reality in the Little Dragon show, I just feel like, dude, come on. Like, come on. I, um, I, I will admit that Sunday night when I was watching it, I was like... Oh, God. What are they doing? And it felt very much like a jump the shark moment for me. But And I even reached for my phone, and I was going to be one of those people that was going to bitch on Twitter. And I was like, dude, you're five minutes into this episode. Why don't you just not... Why don't you just not feel the need to pass out your opinion over every scene of everything you've ever watched? Leave your phone by your side, lean back into the couch, and enjoy this. How are you ever going to feel important that way, Stansberry? How are, you, how are other people on social media ever going to know that you're a good person? Oh, I don't care on. what Twitter thinks. Yes, come on. That's the most important thing. I don't care what Twitter thinks. Twitter, you know, like I said, dude, if we would add Twitter in the 90s, Twitter would have thought OJ was innocent. That's why I don't care what Twitter thinks. Because it's a compilation of opinions nobody wants. That's what it's for. Pornhub also felt the Game of Thrones effect. They had a four and a half percent decrease. Really, four and a half percent. Now that doesn't sound like a lot, but for web traffic, it's a ton. Yeah, and you have to consider how many people are on Pornhub at any given time, and that's a lot. So yeah, four percent decrease in traffic—that's significant. That's pretty significant. That's telling you a lot of people are in front of their television. Have I missed the Game of Thrones porn parody? Have I just not seen that? Because it's got to exist, right? Oh, they have Game of Bones. Okay, all right. Yeah, there's Game right, of Bones. Right. <laughs> yes, I. Uh, and again, being a big fan of Game of Thrones, I don't, I don't need that. I don't need the parody porn. Don't put Batman in my pornography. Don't, don't put nuns in my pornography. Uh, you know what I want in my pornography? Whores. That's what has to be there. That's it. Nothing else. They don't have to have chalices in their hand. They don't have to have belt belts. They don't have to look like poison. None of that stuff. Just give me hoplons and brunettes with big boobs, fake asses, bend them over pieces of equipment, rail them, and then film it. That's it. That's all you got to do. I don't need parody porn. I find that whole thing to just be very, very strange. We'll close out the program. That will happen next on Rock 106.9. Please relax. This will be painless. The Stansberry Show on Rock 106.9. Hey guys, you got Stansberry here for the Wakeham Auto Family. It was about three, four months ago I bought my new car from Wakeham and I absolutely love my purchase and it's because they found me exactly what I was looking for. And right now, Wakeham Mitsubishi is Benton's Rock Station, Rock 106.9. Welcome back to the Stansberry Show, Rock 106.9. Online for EWRQK.com. If you miss Jim Florentine, that will be in today's podcast shortly after 10 a.m. Also made you aware of where or how Micro rather feels about higher education. It's not totally against it. Just feels like trade schools deserve a little bit more credit. And I can't necessarily argue with that. Do you hear about this now? Where um apparently another restaurant 
uh, is uh, facing some troubles again. We're Chipotle now, apparently. Shut down a restaurant in Virginia due to a small number of reported illnesses. Um, they feel like this is another norovirus situation, E. coli. And their stock share actually fell 4% Tuesday. Yeah, people are obsessed with Chipotle. It's not going away. If it didn't go, if 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 the last round of this wasn't Which enough. Which was like kind of widespread, that yeah. one. And uh, no, that was kind of the reason why I wanted to bring this up is that, you know, we'll all post this stuff up and say, see, this is why you shouldn't eat this. And yet these restaurants are at all-time highs. And it was just yesterday, as a matter of fact. Fantone showed me a video that somebody was passing around about one of the fast food places. And it's like about how their meat gets delivered to the to the store. And mm-hmm. it was like in a bag. Mm-hmm. And it was like loose meat in a bag. And, you know, he said to me across the board, he goes, what do people think? How do people think this stuff gets there? Yeah, I don't know if you think that the local butcher is bringing the meat down to your favorite fast food establishment. But I'm telling you right now that that's is, not that's the way not that's going down. <laughs> Dude, right. no, they don't have like a little like a little like farm outside growing potatoes to make your French fries with. Yeah, I don't it's not know. farm to table. <laughs> right. I don't know what you, you know. And so like and, and what's crazy is, is that those things I know what people are trying to do. They're trying to pass it around to raise awareness and make people go, oh, maybe I shouldn't do that. When in reality, I think it does the opposite thing. Because I went straight from here (laughs) to that fast food restaurant after you showed me that video. And let me tell you, Canton, don't knock it. Because that double chalupa is delicious. (laughs) That double chalupa is very good. It's like a gondola of delicious. (laughs) That is what the double chulupa is. That's what it felt like to me. It was like a gondola for beef and like, you know, nacho cheese sauce. It was awesome. As a matter of fact, it's National Hot Dog Day. I might go get one of those and slam a hot dog in it. That might be what I do. That thing was fantastic. I dude, what Taco Bell always gets me. They always get me those sneaky bastards at the border, man. They always get me. I'm always like, nah, man, I'm kind of off the quick service thing, not going to do it. And next thing I know, Taco Bell puts something out. I'm like, well, I got to have that. Meat and cheese and tortilla, dude. I got to have it. I Dude, I should be in charge of Taco Bell marketing. I'm telling you, the gondola of delicious is exactly (laughs) what I I called that damn thing. But I I did get a lot of good recommendations on where to find Stark County's best hot dog as it is National Hot Dog Day. And I'm telling you. I, uh, I, I'm going to dog days. They don't open to 11, so I got to put an hour's worth of work in. I don't know what I'm going to do for the next hour, but I got to figure it out. I am such a sucker for that. Hey, it's National Chocolate Chip Cookie Day. Well, I guess, you know, eat every Body last cookies. one of them in the bag, right? I like cookies. I'll do that. I'll eat that. We'll have another pair of tickets for Incubus. That will be tomorrow. Kate Quigley, who's in town at the Oracle, local comedian actually in town with Jim Florentine. She'll be on the air with us tomorrow morning. 9 a.m. that'll happen. Aside from that, we are done for the day. We'll be back at it live tomorrow morning on Rock 106.9, online at WRQK.com. It can be found via iHeartRadio. You guys have an awesome afternoon.